Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Broward County Commission. My name is Marty Kerr. I'm honored to be our county's mayor, and we are thrilled to host you all today. And uh, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'd like to ask both Ashley and Ar Ariante, uh, the two uh, young ladies that we're honoring today for our good news, to lead us in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It's customary before the beginning of each county commission meeting for us to observe a moment of silence to honor people who have passed away from our community. Colleagues, do you have anyone you'd like to remember during this moment of silence? Commissioner Holmes. The greatest. Muhammad Ali. He basically taught us to be courageous. How to take on issues that you believe in regardless of the cost to you personally. And he triumphed through many trials, many tribulations. He was indeed the greatest fighter that ever lived to date. But beyond just the ring, he was a role model for so many. So many were inspired by his tenacity, his truthfulness. Yes, he was a braggadocious at times, but I think that was part of the game. And he played it very well to the end. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca, do you have anybody to say? <laughs> I, I'm, I am certain that other folks up here will mention this person that made so much of a difference in our, our community, but I, I knew her not as a commissioner or uh, in her political capacity, but I knew her as a judge who was very uh, invested and concerned with uh, drug court and uh, and mental health issues, uh, Judge and Commissioner Marsha Beach passed away this past week, and also uh, the other person from my district, uh, the the uh, widow of uh, the late Stuart Kester, who was one of the uh, original uh, Pompano Beach developers and a longtime exchange club uh, member with me in Pompano Beach and Lighthouse Point. Uh, his wife passed away this week, and she was 82. Commissioner Ryan. I'd like to echo the comments of Commissioner Lamarca. Marsha Beach was a Broward County Commissioner in the 1980s and um, was elected to the Circuit Court in the year 2000. She, along with Judge Melanie May, were pioneers in developing drug court in Broward County, uh, which has been a, uh, a great success in turning around the lives of so many people. Wish to also recognize that today, June 7th, uh, is the 72nd anniversary of D-Day, and uh, we should all recognize the thousands of brave Americans that gave their lives on that day um, to bring freedom to Europe and around the world. Commissioner Furr. Thanks. I also want to acknowledge and, and uh, pass my condolences to, the Martha, to Cecil. And uh, the, th the stuff that Marsha had done for dis on the behalf of the disabilities is unparalleled. And I think all of us owe a, a huge debt of gratitude for her work. Absolutely. Up, Commissioner Lamarca. You know, when I read the, the article about Judge Beach, I think the coolest thing that she did was 
not run for re-election on the county commission because she knew that finishing law school and taking care of her daughter was more important than being in, in politics. So uh, it, it is possible. Is that a hint? <laughs> I think you'd be a great lawyer. You know? um, let's also keep the uh, brave women and men who serve us valiantly both at home and overseas in our thoughts as well. Thank you. So this morning, there was a slight hiccup in the music. Um, <laughs> I had intended that uh, Holiday Road, just because I'm a huge Chevy Chase fan and I love, love that movie, be played. That wasn't played. So it was a song, Then He Kissed Me was played, but I'm a good Goodfellas uh, fan too, so that's why that was played. And also, of course, uh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, and I kind of felt that was appropriate since... Everybody up here, we like to run for things. Um, this year, I designated this year as the year of good news. And at each commission meeting, we bring good news to the public by highlighting the successes of our county, the economic engines of small businesses, residents who are good Samaritans, and other positive happenings. This, this week, the awesome Vice Mayor Sharif will be providing good news to the public, and she is going to be uh, celebrating two wonderful students uh, who are also her constituents in Miramar. Uh, so, Vice Mayor Sharif, take it away. Right. Morning, Mayor. Morning, Commissioners. And morning to our audience out here. This is the year of good news. But before I begin, I want to recognize two very special individuals that have joined us here today. Um, from Everglades High School, I have the principal, Ms. Holly Darber. Would you please stand? And Mr. Daniel Most, the assi assistant principal. We've been giving out um, our Good News Awards for District 8 to our high school seniors, the high school seniors that excel at community service and academics. And so today I have two such high school seniors that I would like to recognize. The first proclamation is going to be given to Ms. Ashley Laughlin. Could you please come forward? And Ashley, if you'd like to bring your parents, if they're here, they can come forward as well. First of all, you must be very proud because without you, Ashley would not be where she is today. And so we thank you for contributing and aiding her in her success. Whereas the mayor has designated this year as the year of good news and at each commission meeting, the commission will bring good news to the public by highlighting the successes of our county, the economic engines of small business residents who are good Samaritans and positive other happenings. And whereas Ashley Laughlin is a senior at Everglades High School, Ashley has the most service hours of uh, totaling 1,095 hours. And whereas Ashley was a teacher's aide at Everglades High School over multiple summers and is a member of the beach cleaning team. She was also a member of the Powder Puff and volunteered at Lawrence Factor. I love that card. <laughs> cartoon. Whereas Ashley maintains a rigorous academic schedule and is also an active member of several clubs. As the senior class president, Ashley has organized fundraisers, class meetings, volunteer programs, and events such as grad night and prom. She is also the president of the Heartbeat Dance Program and a member of the National Honor Society, the Student Government Association, and the Best Buddies. And whereas Ashley has also enjoyed being a dancer, she, she, since she was five years old, wow, she is not only a competitive dancer, but she also teaches and coaches dancers on a volunteer basis. 
She performs at events held by the Farmer's Market, Pembroke Pines, Elderly Shelter, and the Haitian Doctors of America Association. Her dream is to become a professional dancer as well as a crime scene investigator. And whereas Ashley has received many awards, including the President's Education Award, the National Society of High School Scholars Award, and the Everglades High School Award for achieving a weighted GPA of 4.50. Hey, yay? Absolutely, it's awesome. And whereas some of the awards she has received at dance competitions include the first overall world championship winner, the True Performer Scholarship, and the Broadway Dance Center Scholarship. And whereas Ashley stands out among her peers as a driven, enthusiastic, well-mannered young lady with many talents, now therefore be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, the board hereby recognizes as part of the year of good news, Ashley Laughlin for her hard work and dedication in Broward County, Florida. Very nice. That was nice. Congratulations, Ashley. Our next proclamation for the good news goes to another outstanding scholar in our district, Aridine, Ar, wait, Ariadne Moreno. Got it. Come on down. And bring your parents. As I stated before, we in District 8, we're recognizing seniors with uh, academic excellence and outstanding leadership capabilities. I want you to know that these are our future political leaders and our future leaders of our community. We are so very proud of her, and we want to say thank you for supporting her because without her, without you, she wouldn't be here. Whereas Ari Ariadne Moreno is a senior at Everglades High School, and whereas Ariadne is dually enrolled in both high school and Broward Community College, has a 5.3 GPA. Wow, nice, you had to clap for that, clap for that. You know, what's sad about that is mine wasn't even reversed. <laughs> so, so, so. Wait a minute, for a 5.3 GPA, I think you guys can wake up and act like you had your morning coffee. Can you guys yeah. give Ariadne a round of applause? Hey. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. 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 <laughs> and I don't mean in the in the Republican way. No, is it Bernie um, Sanders way? And you are yeah. number. She is number one in her class of 550 students. And whereas some of Ariadne's remarkable academic achievements have included the Principal's Honor Roll, the Yale Book Award, which is really hard to get the National AP Scholar and Top Biology Student. Ariadne is very involved in the community with over 300 community service hours. While serving as a member of the Relay for Life, the City of Miramar's Youth Advisory Council, the National Honor Society, the Culinary Club, Project Brain, the Chemistry Club, and the Pres Presidential Youth Council. Ariadne is also a member of the Science National Honor Society where she has tutored other students in various science subjects 
and Ariadne has showcased her abilities in public speaking by participating in youth delegate forums where delegates have to defend specific political positions, I told you, in front of other peers as well as elected officials from throughout the United States. Ariadne's tremendous self-discipline is evidenced by her ability to fulfill her duties of her many activities in which she's involved while maintaining her excellent academic status. And let me tell you guys, I know that's hard because my daughter has all AP honors classes and I can tell you that putting in 300 community service hours is very difficult for them. So I want to say on behalf of the Board of County Commissioners, be it proclaimed, that the board hereby recognizes as a year of good news Ariadne Moreno for her hard work and dedication in Broward County, Florida. Great job. And uh, I have to say, Vice Mayor Sharif, I, I, I want to say how much I appreciate that you've been honoring high school kids that have really excelled. You know, and I, I actually love, I'm a, you know, a parent of two little girls, six and three, and, and I see how proud the parents are of their kids each time they come up. And my dream in this world is that uh, sometime from now, a long time from now, that I can look at with my kids the same pride and admiration that you all look at, at your children. So congratulations and thank you so much for this, the great good news you brought to us. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, for those of you in the audience, please turn off and silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, further speaker signups will not be allowed and you may not be printed, permitted to speak. When you are called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, you will not be permitted to continue speaking. Please be respectful of those who are speaking today. We do not allow any applause, cheering, or booing during, during the meeting. Any person disrupting the proceeding will be asked to leave the chamber. Now, before I move into the Monday night memo, um, there is something that I think we need to discuss. And uh, before, just Commissioner Wexler, are you on the phone? I am, yes. Great. Um, there's Hello? Something that we, oh, great. Uh, so Commissioner Wexler is on the phone. And before we move into the, uh, the, uh, the meeting and before we go into the Monday night memo and our polls, I do think this is something we should discuss. Um, as you've noticed, our last, few, uh, last agenda, this agenda, and our next agenda have been very heavy, especially the next agenda. And um, so I wanted to discuss whether or not the county commission would like to add an additional meeting uh, to uh, the, uh, our calendar so that we can help uh, alleviate some of the uh, next week's agenda in particular. And uh, so I know that Ms. Henry has sent out an email and um, what she said in the email first was I had asked, we are having a workshop today and I asked that the workshop be, uh, be trimmed down significantly. Uh, and so we're only actually gonna have one item on the workshop agenda. And then I've, she also asked that, that the folks here, if you're interested in this, bring your calendars. I brought my calendar. And first, before we look through the calendar, I first wanted to ask the, my colleagues if you all would like to add an additional meeting to lighten up the agenda or if you'd like to power through the next, uh, the next meeting after this. Is there anybody that, that would like to chime in? 
Oh, Dev, could you put on the on the mic, Commissioner Fur? I'm fine with doing another meeting. Great. Um, is there anybody, that, oh, uh, Commissioner Lamarca? I am fine with staying uber late, um, or if that is not acceptable for us to be able to get it done, doing it the day after our uh, budget workshop, which is the 22nd, because on the 23rd, mm -hmm. uh, we've got some things in Orlando. So if it was a half a day or something, that's fine, but sure. I could go all, all day, all night on the 14th or the 22nd. Would, um, if uh, if you all have your calendar, would anybody object to adding a meeting on June 22nd? I object. You do? Okay, I, have plans. I have work plans already. You do on and, the 22nd? Yeah, on the 22nd, and okay. I sent that back to your office, okay? Oh, okay. Is, right. uh, well, I, um, I only you know want to add a meeting if there is no objection to a day, because I don't want a county commission to have to miss a meeting if there is, uh, um, if there is an objection. Um, so the 23rd, you couldn't do it. Is that... Question is, what kind of workload do we think we're going to have for the, that we couldn't add it on the 14th? Um, Ms. Henry, do you anticipate that the next agenda will also be very large as well? Um, to date, there are about 60 items for next for next week. Some of them are pretty big, though, because we have the tax issues that will potentially be there. In there. the afternoon. In mm -hmm. the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I think it would, we'd probably be better served adding another meeting, but if there is, but I mean, if anybody objects, if even if there's one person that's concerned about it, and if we can't pick a day, then. Why don't we see what we can get done on the 14th and keep the first half of the day on the 23rd open then? Which way I'm fine with that. Okay. If you all okay. want to have a meeting, absolutely, I'm okay with that. I'm just not going to be here. Right. Okay. I mean, are we permitted to do that? Can we, uh, Commissioner Lamarca suggested that we. We see what we can power through on the 22nd, and uh, or on the 21st, and then keep half the day open on the 23rd, or the, or the 14th. I'm sorry, the, four, the 14th, and keep half the day open on the 23rd. To if if we need to have an additional meeting, we'll know on the 14th. That's what he had recommended. I mean, is there anybody else? I mean, I'm I'm happy to do it either way, but I was trying to. Some of these items are very. What workshop on the 21st? Is that going to be a full day? Yeah, that's a full board, board It's a full workshop. day. It is a full, and it was one that we, we have to have. Um, 22nd couldn't happen. Do How about, uh, I thought so that. I just asked you. Oh, no, I said you the said, 23rd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, the 22nd. 22nd first I'm good on the, if you're okay on the 22nd, let's add it for the 22nd. I'll miss the homeless initiative partnership meeting, but I'll be okay. Let's add it, if there's no objection, let's add a meeting for June 22nd. Uh, so that the next week's agenda can be split up. How about we also make an effort to get through it next week if I we, think we, we can? Make an effort to get through right. It on the 14th. So that, how about as? I mean, it's well, it's, it's completely up to you all. If, if that's what you all prefer. We've got a board workshop on the 21st. Okay. And you want to have a back-to-back -back meeting? I mean, well, look, I mean, it appears, and if there if there is objection to, I was only putting it out there for folks to consider. If 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 you want to go through it, I'm fine powering through it, through it as well. So. Do you all just want to push through it? Would it be much of an, an, uh, a big agenda for the 22nd? Because if it's only a small amount that we need to cover, because we need to wrap up some stuff, I think we can probably have it on. I, I don't think it would be an all-day meeting. We would probably just stick it half the day okay. on the 21st. So I, I have no objection to having that. On the 22nd? So what I was thinking is we go ahead and we, we tentatively say that if we don't finish items on the 14th, we can schedule a... Mm -hmm. a meeting for the 22nd. But, but we'd probably have to schedule it in public 
Do you need to schedule items? You, we'd also have to vote on it next week to amend the calendar, I would think. But. We, we can have an item ready for the 14th that you can withhold until the end of the day to pass or not. Okay. And, yeah. then we, and we can also see the agenda beforehand right. as well. So you know what we can do? Actually, let's, let's do that. Let's have an item ready. We'll see what, what, what staff puts on the agenda for the 14th so we can see all the items. And then what we can do is we can make a determination at that meeting, the first thing, if we want to add uh, that additional meeting and defer some of the items to that, or if we just want to power through it on the 14th. Is that, if there's nobody that objects to it, is that okay? Excellent. So we're good? Yeah. Good. That's what it appears to be the consensus. Yes. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So are we, uh, we good to move on? Yeah. Great. All right. So now I'm going to read the Tuesday night memo. Consent items are numbers 1 through 61. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error, corrections, and inclusion of additional information. Item number 30 is withdrawn for further staff review. Item number 67, withdrawn for further staff review. Scrivener's errors. Item number 38, motion statement. Currently reads extending the term for two additional years. Should read extending the term for one additional year. Item number 39, motion statement. Currently reads extending the term for two additional years. Should read extending the term for one additional year. Item number 70, motion statement. Currently reads providing for severability. Should read and providing for severability. Item number 70, ex exhibit two, line 13, page four. Currently reads owner, builder, shall, construct, uh, shall construction or install only those improvement projects. Should read owner, builder, shall construct or install only those improvements in products. Item number 72, exhibit one, page 15 of 183, delete item number two of additional responsiveness criteria. Project specific vendor questionnaire. Same information is included on page 19 of 183 under evaluation criteria. I request without objection that items number 65, 72, 73, 75, 76, 77, 78, and 79 be moved to consent. Please note that item number 83 is time certain at 11 a.m. Additional material for 10 a.m. Item number 1A, board appointment. Item number 1B, Board appointment. Item number 17, comparison document career source Broward SYEP agreement submitted by Human Services Department. Item number 60, memo to the board submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 66, memo to the board submitted by Aviation Department. Item number 69, additional language submitted by the County Attorney's Office. Item number 74, memo to the board submitted by the Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 77, memo to the board submitted by the County Auditor's Office. Item number 78, memo to the board submitted by County Auditor's Office. Item number 83, press release submitted by Commissioner Beam Fur. Item number 83, two, Tri-Rail Aventura link submitted by Commissioner Beam Fur. Item number 83, proposed surtax related issues submitted by County Administration. I'm now going to ask if uh, my colleagues would like to pull any of the items from the consent agenda. And we're going to start with uh, Commissioner Holness. Item 60. Item 60. 60. Commissioner Lamarca. Was that 60 or 16? 60. 60. Uh, items 5, 33, and 45. 5, 33, and 45? Yes, sir. And also leave 77 on. Leave 77 on. Okay. Vice Mayor Sharif. Item 28. 28. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. None. None. Uh, um, I was going to say Commissioner Ritter. Nope. Uh, Commissioner Wexler. 553 and 60. Commissioner Furr. 60. 60. What did you say? 553. And then um, County Administrator. And 53. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's my understanding that one of the items um, for the public was asked to be pulled. Did we confirm? Is, is that item okay. number? Never mind. Thank you. He pulled it. She pulled it. She did. No issues. Oh, okay. Well, we have a. Uh, we have. We have. Hold uh, on. Yeah, we have a number of pulls from the. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 Mr. Lukic. Mayor, I'd like item 65 to stay on the regular. I have some comments and recommendations. Okay. And then in audience polls, we have all consent polls. We have 5, 8, 12, 15, 16, 28, 34, 35, 55, and 61. Okay. So I am going to do my best to read this. Do you think you're ever going to get to the workshop today? I think that there is a possibility that the workshop may, uh, if it... This is just a precursor for next week. It, it is. You know that. I, I know that. Okay. I do. I know. I, I agree. All righty. You know. Um, so consent items are items 1 to 61, and I'll, I'll go through what the polls were. Move to consent previously were 65, 70 to 73, 75 to 79. Regular items were 62 to 83, and withdrawals were 30 and 67. Now... The commission has pulled and asked to stay on 65, 33, 45, 77, 28, uh, 65, audience. 8, audience has been 5, 8, 12, 15, 16, 28, 34, 35, 55, and 61. Is there a motion to approve the very limited consent agenda? <laughs> There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed. Okay, show the item passes unanimously. I will. And uh, just to let the audience know that we are going to uh, give each speaker uh, two minutes because we have a very long agenda and we have to get through it. Let me just, uh, how do I get, here we go. Okay, the first item on today's agenda. We did, we'll let, uh, as you all are leaving, if you could please keep the voices down, I'd very much appreciate it. The first item on today's agenda is item number five, and it was pulled uh, first by Commissioner Wexler, and item number... Oh, we did. Oh, he did. He did. And the audience as well. Oh, if uh, if um, we can, there, um, one of the the member of the audience that asked to pull item number twelve has just decided that he does no longer would like to pull it. So we can we have a motion to uh, to reconsider the consent agenda. There's been a motion to second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Show the item passed unanimously. Now to add number twelve to the consent agenda. Uh, uh, motion to add. 12 to the consent agenda. Second. There's been a motion to second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Show it passes unanimously. All right. Number five was pulled by two county commissioners and the member of the public, and that is a uh, motion to approve the First Amendment to shared ride and limousine service concession agreement between Broward County and Yellow Airport Limousine Service. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, Thank you, Mayor. Um, so just had, had a couple of questions on this. Clearly this is uh, staff's effort to follow our direction, which was a broad direction, and that was to level the playing field with regard to transportation. Um, clearly, I don't think anyone thinks a van load of people going in, mul in, in multiple stops is the same thing as one car, whether it's a taxi, limousine, or a, 
or an Uber or a TNC or anything. Um, however, uh, I think this is a this is this is certainly a very generous step in the right direction from the Broward County Board of Commissioners and our airport uh, staff and port staff to, to look at this. And I, so I just want to make sure everyone is clear because I had some concerns about what the details were. So the minimum uh, annual guarantee of $500,000 has been reduced. So for the remainder of this year, there will be a uh, Savings of I think it's ninety thousand, and next year three hundred twenty thousand dollars. The the question is the the per the passenger or the per charge of four four dollars and fifty cents. Uh, Mayor, if you could ask the county administrator, possibly just clear this up. That is is that per, per vehicle? If it's okay, Commissioner Lamarck, and I apologize about this. I forgot there are three public speakers. Okay. May I bring them up to speak first, and then may I come sure. back right to you? Okay. I do, and that's that's my fault. I apologize. Uh, the first speaker is Lorraine Wild. Questions only. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lorraine. Um, John Camillo. Thank you, uh, Mayor, uh, Commissioners. John Camillo on behalf of Ghost Shuttle. Um, when the contract was initially uh, entered into, it was anticipated that there would be a shift to a per trip charge once the AVI system was installed. Right now, the MAG is based on deplaning passengers, and with the impact of the TNCs at the airport, clearly that's no longer a fair way of, of approaching this. Um, the TNCs have, have uh, taken a large number of the riders who might ride in shared ride out of the, uh, out of the taxis or out of the uh, shared ride uh, vehicles. Uh, the other issue is, and this was something we raised during negotiations, but we're told we couldn't... Uh, change was the amount of the security deposit. Ghost Shuttle's been doing business with the county for over 30 years and has never missed a payment. Never missed a payment. And yet Uber, which came in illegally, was able to operate here without any, any requirement of payment, ended up when you negotiated the contract or staff negotiated the contract with a $12,000 security deposit. And so I said, well, if that's what you're going to charge Uber, why are you going to charge Lorraine and our company, multiples of the last month's worth of, of fees, since this is a company that has not in 30-plus years missed a payment to the county, has always paid on time. And the purpose of the security deposit is to secure payment. And I, we don't know what Uber's been uh, paying the county because when the county negotiated the contract, apparently it agreed to let that be a secret. But I can guarantee you that it's a lot more than the amount that uh, the multiples of 450 per trip are that Lorraine will have to pay. And so I would ask the, uh, the uh, commission to amend the security deposit requirement to the $12,000 the TNCs are paying. Thank you very much. Thank you. And the last public speaker is George Platt. Good morning. George Platt from LSN on behalf of Go Airport Shuttle, the official shared ride concessionaire at the airport. And um, I, I'm not going to top what John just said relative to the, um, to the uh, security deposit, except to say that, you know, we had, a, we had a good negotiation with staff. Your mandate was create an even playing field, um, and staff worked hard on that. Um, 
Uh, we asked, uh, John asked specifically about the security deposit and we were told that they had to keep it in and that what we ended up is what you see in front of you here today. It's still obviously we think more than needs to be paid and as John said, they have a great track record. I want to mention one other thing. It's not in here today and it won't be in here today, but we'd like an opportunity to come back and discuss it and that is that <clears throat> we did request um, that the pass-through fee be allowed to be added to the fare uh, the same way as the TNCs have been able to add the pass-through fee, the privilege fee uh, that you pay to the airport. It goes directly to the airport so that, you know, technically when you get in the car it should show up and just like the $2 does now, it, it could ring up on, on, on the meter or it could be shown on the on the receipt and so that's an issue that we would like an opportunity to come back and work with staff to to address that because we think it's only fair if we're going to have an even playing field <clears throat> is for us to uh, be able to pass through the uh, privilege fee uh, and to show it uh, what it stands for so that people in the, in the truth and advertising know exactly what they're paying for when they get in these vehicles so uh, with that said, again, I, I thank the staff for all of their hard work, and we look forward to continuing to serve you at the airport. Thank you, Mr. Platt. We're now coming back to the County Commission and uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you. Um, so my, my question was to the County Administration, the, and, and uh, Mr. Platt brought up the $4.50 charge. That's per vehicle, right? Correct. So whether there's one person in the van or 12? That's my understanding. Okay. Uh, okay. Mr. Gale, if you can come to the podium, just confirm. Good morning, Commissioner Mark Gale, Director of Aviation. That is correct. It's a $4.50 per trip fee that's currently assessed. Okay, and with regard to the, uh, Mr. Platt brought up that, that that should go to the, to the riders, that would just go, that would just go to the one van, right? That four dollar. I mean, if if we said, well, that would get added on. It wouldn't get out, added on to everybody who rides that shuttle. No, it would go <laughs> to the van. Okay. okay. Currently, it's assessed to the operator. I think what Mr. Platt was asking for is that somehow be passed through. He can clarify for it, but I, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, there's you have to figure out if there's two passengers versus eight passengers in a van, yeah. and what gets assessed to each passenger. I, I look. I have no. I have no issue. Just like I have no issue that. TNCs or taxis charge a pickup fee. I, I don't know that there is not a pickup fee for shuttles now. Um, part of part of the the reason I pulled this for questions is because we're talking about literally apples and oranges. We're talking about a van with as many as twelve or fifteen people versus a car, uh, be it a taxi cab, a TNC, or uh, or a luxury sedan or whatever it might be. So they're completely, to me, they're different animals. I don't think anybody who is going to order a shuttle, they may be a large family, it may be a group, a tour, but they're different riders than, say, a, uh, a TNC or a taxi cab or a single ride. Um, so that was really my, my issue of pulling it. Um, Mr. Gale, while you're here, I do have one question with regard to, because the security deposit issue was brought up, um, what is, uh, what is, and it may be your purview or it may be the administration, what is, your, what is everyone's uh, thought on that? I mean, you're, you're here first and I can ask the administration. Commissioner, Another. my understanding is upon the board direction to try to provide that, that fair and level playing field based upon what was originally um, put in the contract which required a $250,000 security deposit. 
um, was reduced by some 73%, bringing it down to currently what is um, three months' worth of activity or $67,000. The three months is, is uh, fairly consistent with the requirements that we have in other contracts at the airport um, for leases and whatnot. And that's the, that's the, the direction and path that okay. followed with that. All right, thank you. So, so I have two, two comments on, on the, what was said here <laughs> prior. I would say that with the judge's ruling about how, um, how the information that is, uh, that is held by uh, TNCs was ruled, uh, it was ruled that this commission looked at, the, looked at it the same way that uh, a person who uh, sits on our bench and, and, uh, and basically interprets our laws and, and passes that judgment down. Uh, the other issue we had discernment about uh, was insurance, and that was gone through the state insurance regu regulatory board, and what they have there is legal. So what I would caution, and look, I don't look for disagreements or debates with people, but what I, when, they, when they come to this board and when they come to me, I would caution Mr. Camilla, who I think is very good at what he does, and clearly they had uh, the majority uh, of the business. Matter of fact, there was a board game made after what they probably had of this business for many, many years. But there is a new product in town, and you either, as Commissioner Ritter once said, evolve or die. Coming up here and complaining about, constantly complaining about Uber and Lyft and whatever the next mousetrap is that's out there. I supported that whole that whole uh, issue because it was because of the options and because people said they wanted it. I, can, I was concerned with safety. Mr. Vialpondo went through the process with us. Uh, the bottom line is to come here and constantly have the same gripes about someone else is not going to get you to win the race. What's going to get you to win the race is to innovate and have a better product. That being said, Ms. Ms. Uh, Wild has been a, uh, a other than a few uh, comments that I could have myself in her situation would have made the same comments during that process, but has been a exemplary vendor of this county and partner of this county and I don't think we need to charge uh, ghost shuttle anything anywhere near that type of security deposit. I don't think she's going anywhere. I believe she lives in my district. I know how to find her. She knows how to find us. Um, I don't think, I think if we're going to really level the playing field then the, the fees and different things are fine but, but the impact to the, the business so they can continue to provide a good business here in Broward County and have a have an opportunity to to do well. So uh, I I would move that we uh, we address the security deposit. Um, again, my only perspective is let's not look at what the other one has got. Let's just make sure we know what we're doing with you is is fair and equitable. And I don't think continuing to to, to bring that kind of money from your business is fair and equitable. You're not you're not uh, in danger of going anywhere. And uh, that's with that being said, I, you know, I'd look, I don't know if we can come up with a number here today, but I'm not worried about the security deposit. Great. The, the next we're going to be Commissioner Wexler, but I do want to mention to the folks that are coming in, if, uh, if you're here to speak on item number 30, 83, uh, please uh, sign a, up a, a speaker card beforehand. Uh, Commissioner Wexler. Thank you. Um, I don't want to talk about TNCs. I don't want to talk about Go Shuttle. I don't want to talk about taxis. I want to talk about a ground transportation system, which is what this board is responsible for, a ground transportation system that is fair and equitable to all that participate and accountable in that through an AVI system that we can actually see 
through vehicles what's going in and out of the airport. We don't know if a TNC has multiple rideshare opportunity, if people are sharing a cab. We don't, we don't know that. And you know what? I don't even want to know that at this point in time. I just want to be able to um, um, have the data and recover the dollar amount to the county that's predetermined on that ground transportation system. You can see I put out a PBMI question on this yesterday. I had this same discussion with administration and legal yesterday morning and with, with Mr. Gale yesterday afternoon. So my concern here is certainly not a surprise to anybody. Um, I, what I didn't know was 30 years. That's what I didn't know, Lorraine, how many years you've been paying the bill. Um, when we had the TNC discussion many, many long time, it seems like 20 years ago, but about a year ago or so, maybe it wasn't even that long, one of the issues for me that I brought up was the $12,000 security deposit, which seemed to be obscene obscene. And when I challenged Mr. Gale with that yesterday, it was a conversation of, well, that really needs to be addressed with TNCs. And my response was, hell, I'm not going down that road again. Okay? I still have scars. To, 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 so what do I do here as a county commissioner? What do I do here today? Do I, yeah, 250000 a quarter of a million dollars is a heck of a lot of money. $67,000 is a lot of money. I'm prepared to move here today. I'm going to pull a number, the same number for um, Uber, which was $12,000, and I'm going to move that that's what their security deposit be. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Ryan. Oh, question, a question to staff. Uh, the comments were made that there's not been a uh, demand made upon the security deposit for over 30 years for non-payment. Has there been any demand on the uh, security deposit for uh, performance of the contract over those 30 years? I don't know if we have that answer today. I don't believe there has been, but I, I can't confirm that over a 30-year period. Mr. Gale, and I don't know if you, you would have any information related to that or not. In my um, lengthy nine weeks here, uh, Commissioner, I don't know, but um, I will certainly uh, look to staff to try, well, provide we, an answer. Well, we have um, Lorraine Wild as well. Can you come forward? So the question posed is, during the 30 years that you've had a contract with the airport, has there been any claim against the security deposit either for payment or for performance of the terms of the contract? None whatsoever. I haven't been fined for not fulfilling any of my contractual obligations. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Sharif. Okay, first of all, let me just say, I was a no on Uber, I'm still a no. Secondly, whatever arrangements, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, anybody that can take a trip for $15 and get charged 700 on the way home, that's ridiculous, but we made it um, okay, so I guess it's okay. But every time I see one of these items on the agenda, I always feel like we continuously beat up on the little man here. You need to be raising the fee on Uber instead of on these individuals who have these small businesses and who have been just barely squeaking by because of the regulations and the things that this Board of County Commission has in effect. And so, Commissioner Wexler, 
I am I'm, I'm perfectly fine with being your fourth on the $12,000. I know you had a second and a third, but I'd be the fourth on your $12,000 because I just think this is we're getting to the point of asininity and being ridiculous in terms of these fees. And these people provide a very um, decent and very, very valuable service. And whether it's a car or whether it's a go shuttle, whether the go shuttle has one passenger or two passengers or a full bus, is, is irrelevant for me. I just feel like we need to start putting provisions in place that protect the small business owners here. And um, I'm all for changing things to make that, make it work and to make it fair. So thank you. Commissioner Holness. Yes. As government, we set rules and regulations that affects people's lives and businesses. Therefore, we must ensure that there's fairness and equity. What we have in place today is not fair. It's not equal for businesses. We've allowed a billion-dollar corporation to do what it wants. We cannot allow for that kind of disparity, disadvantage to some. And truly, if... <laughs> If, if the deposit that we have for, for Uber is $12,000, and I'll say that, and then we have a small local business that's been here forever, and we're charging them that kind of money, it doesn't make sense. We probably shouldn't charge them none for 30 years that they've been here making the payments on time. Uh, so there's already a motion afoot to, to put 12000 forward. I, I will I will support the twelve thousand, but to be honest with you, I think if if they're if that major corporation making a whole lot of money only have to pay twelve thousand dollars, then our small business that's here that's been here all these years, thirty years, should not pay anything at all in terms of a deposit. I'll second that motion. Um Commissioner Lamarca. I'm, I mean, it seems like we're all on the same page here with the with the reputation and the uh, longevity of Ms. Wild here. But um, I, I want to close just to say that, correct my friend Commissioner Holness, it's not a billion dollar company. I think the la latest market cap is about seventy billion. But because but but before they were around, the monopoly that was in the taxicab industry was a big business. Absolutely. Look at the little guy. Look at the look at the independent folks that came here and said they wanted to drive. So you can't manipulate the free market when the conversation suits you the best. The bottom line is the people who are driving a taxi cab or the people who are driving for, for uh, Ms. Wild or the people who are driving ATNC, whichever one or one that hasn't even been created yet, are Broward County residents. Uh, I would venture to say I'm, I'm working on the numbers. The vast, a, a lar much larger percentage per district of the people who are driving TNCs are in district. You nine? No. They're, 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 well, and I, I hate to tell you, but three 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 one one and one two has a lot of people driving for Uber and Lyft, my friend. I support It's a commissioner Holness. Commissioner Holness, you got to put your mic on. I'll make a motion that we uh, go for zero deposit. This company has proven itself over time. Um, there's a, there are two motions. Uh, first, uh, you know, Commissioner Wexler had made a motion to bring it down to 12,000. There's been a second. Then Commissioner Holness has made a motion to make it zero. Is there a second on Commissioner Holness's motion? Can I ask a question? If I move to defer this for next week and let staff come back, you, 
I mean, I don't know if we're going to have five votes for anything here. You will. When we, will. Okay. we will. We will. I think, uh, is there, um, so there has been a, uh, is that a substitute, are you making a substitute motion? Yes. So yes. there's been a substitute motion made by Commissioner Holness. Is there a second on the substitute? I'll second his motion. So there's been a substitute motion. So uh, all in favor uh, of having zero, no fee whatsoever, signify <coughs> by saying aye. Clarification, uh, Mayor. Clarification. Yes. Is this just a proposed amendment or is it the item as amended? It, it is, proposed. it's a proposed amendment. Thank you. Proposed amendment. Um, so all in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. One, two, three. So it so it fails. Uh, we're now back on the main motion, uh, which is com uh, com uh, Commissioner Wexler's amendment, which is to have the fee at twelve thousand uh, dollars. There's been a motion, a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Uh, show the amendment passes unanimously. Right now, the item has amendment. Uh, now, do I have a motion to approve uh, the item as second? Amendment? There's been a motion, and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Show it passes unanimously. It is, we still have about five minutes to our time certain. And I just want to remind the folks out there again, if you'd like to speak on our time certain item, please sign up uh, with, the, uh, with the clerk. Uh, we're now moving on to item number eight, which is pulled by the public. And this is a motion to authorize the county administrator to take any and all necessary actions up to and during the commission's 2016 summer recess. Uh, and that would be uh, Mr. Rand. Hi, Russell. Good to see you today. Hey. Good morning. The first time I met Muhammad Ali 32 years ago, I had this on. He walked out of the crowd, autograph seekers. We knew each other. He picked a fight he won, of course. Shook my hand. I said, I love you. Walked off in the night with his wife. Second time, Miami Beach Convention Center, greatest of all time book. Etta James sang, at last. Beautiful. Nice pics of Will Smith and Ali. There was a man, genius in the ring and genius out of the ring. The item before you is the courthouse, of course, the ever never-ending courthouse. Um, I just pulled this to point to the fact that it's hard to bring in anything on time and under budget, and I understand the de design flaws, and uh, people are waiting. And if you can't show, you bring it in on time under budget, and you'll adjust the time and the budget. It's supposed to be December of 2012. I don't think it's going to meet it. Um, we're waiting, and since there is such issues of taxes and budgets on time and under budget, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rain. Uh, can I have a motion to move the item? So moved. Second. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Show item number eight passes unanimously. We're now moving on to item number 15. Oh, no, uh, actually, no, at 12 was uh, approved back in the consent agenda. Oh. We did it. We're now moving back on to. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, item number 15, which is also pulled by Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand, great. Item number 15 is a motion to approve the Declaration of Restricted Covenants between Broward County and the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Um, Mr. Rand, uh, when you are ready. Thank you. I, I pulled it in order to highlight the fact that there are probably four to 500 sites in the county that have uh, contamination, and especially by the county. This is diesel fuel benzo alpha pyrenes and all. So there are lots of areas without drilling for oil or whatever. There are plenty of areas where there's oil and petroleum and other hazardous chemicals in our aquifer still, and they still persist. And um, that this is going to be restricted. 
covered over and all these things, and time will dissipate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Is there a motion? So moved. Second. There's been a motion to second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Uh, Show it on item number 15 passes unanimously. We have time for one more item before we move on, and that's going to be item number 16. And uh, that was pulled by uh, Christine Timmons, and it is a motion to retroactively approve the referral agreement between Broward County and the area of Air the area wide council on aging and Broward County. Uh, Ms. Timmons, it's good to see you again. And uh, uh, worrying them. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you back. Well, this morning, I got to say, I got to go back to D.C. because this really worries me. When I read about the veterans, now, all the veterans out here know me. I always got money. Depends on who you are. You might get 100, you might get 50, 5, whatever you might need. And I say to you, how can the leaders of the United States of America allow the veterans to be on the street corner? It's enough to make you want to cry the things I've seen. Yet, they take our tax dollars that belong under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. It says United States can only levy taxes for the welfare of America. So what they're basically doing, they're taking the taxes for the welfare of America and Americans, like the veterans, they don't have any real programs for them. But you let somebody come across their border. Oh, six weeks later, six months later, a debit card, thousand dollars in food and, and food stamps. And I, I just get real upset about that because a lot of these veterans were there when things like the nuclear power plants were being built. They built them. Things like the roads, everything you see, if it wasn't for the old people, you wouldn't have nothing. Would nothing be out here? Yet nobody respects the old people, especially the veteran old people. I think that that is one of the biggest sins and shame that ever happened to a nation to not protect the people who helped this country. And I will never get over this. I will be back in D.C., and that's going to be one of my major things I'm going to worry about is this thing. And I do have B coming up as well, so I'll just close out with saying I thank you guys for looking out for the veterans because I can't afford much more money. Oh, thank you, Ms. Tim Ms. Timmons. And it's I good to see you I got as again. well, so I'll just go continue. Oh. Here's what I'm looking oh, at doing. Um, Ms. Tim Ms. Oh, Timmons, we'll, 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 uh, oh, wait, before oh, we have that, uh, Commissioner Lamarca, we, yeah, you only had two minutes on that one, oh. but thank you. I'll, in, uh, well, thank I you for coming. No, it's a, I, no, no, that was for the whole thing. Oh, but thank it's you, okay, though. It's okay, you know what I'm yes. talking about. Yes, uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you. Just, just so that everyone uh, understands, we, through Human Services, our Veteran Services uh, Division does does a fantastic job here at the county. But there are a multitude, and one in particular, Operation Lift Hope, organizations in Broward County that's, that that concentrate, uh, and every person who is without a home or or uh, dealing with issues like that uh, is just as valuable. But we, there are multiple organizations, and again, Operation Left Hope comes to mind for the work that they're doing to take veterans off the street, as well as United uh, Mission United. Uh, just to let everyone know, that's that's certainly a priority of mine and everyone up here that uh, that no veteran uh, finds a, a life after the military service that's anything but respectful. So, uh, with that, and uh, move the item. Second. There's been a motion to second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? 
show that and pass unanimously. Now, I know we have a time certain, but before we do that, if there's no objection, I would like to let our two delegation requests uh, proceed uh, just quickly. Each one is going to be given uh, two minutes. And um, the first is Father Bob Cadill, and the second is Christine Timmons. Um, Father Cadill, are, are you here? Is he? Well, we'll let, let's let Ms. Timmons go first then, and then um, if... Uh, if Father Cadill comes back in, I'll, uh, oh, hi, Ms. Timmons. Oh, <laughs> of course, absolutely. <laughs> We're all your fan, trust me. Come on up. Well, I, first of all, I need to thank Gretchen. She did such a great job. I had an issue with the county courts. Unfortunately, my uh, mayor and my uh, commissioner, they're both attorneys, didn't know what to do. See, what happened here, a judge made an unstatutory ruling in the Broward County Circuit Court, and I reported to the commission, uh, and uh, uh, Gretchen told me that under Article 5 of the Florida Constitution, of course, they're really owned by the state. I was glad to hear it. You know, as I was talking about suing the county, the counties only have the duty for the staff and the IT, so I got to seek a writ of actual innocence on that, what that judge did. What happened, a medical group licensed by the state of Florida filed a false complaint against me uh, in Broward Court to intimidate me. I'm a federal witness and victim of a medical malpractice. Uh, so they went to court to say I was mailing them too much and calling them too much. And, 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 and so the judge says, well, okay, Christine, I'm going to restrain you from doing that. Don't mail them nothing. Don't, don't send them, don't call them. All it was was the information from Medicare that I had found out that they had overdosed me on a, a prednisone drug that caused, it was a mess. And uh, so the agent from the, the medical malpractice group, she used two false police reports and made allegations that's a pure perjury and suborning perjury that can be proved. The court ruled for them, though, because they said the excessive million calls on oh, trying to notify them of Medicare, I shouldn't have did it. I, and I explained that it was the overdose of the prednisone that I was really mad about. I was, you know, anybody would get mad about that because it impaired my health. Put me in hospital about six days. Then I filed a motion to have a legal licensed process service to deliver that. The judge comes to me about, well, no, you can't do that either. Not even a legal process service. Like, who they supposed to be? Well, that violates FRCP4 and FRCP8E, 42 USC 1983. That's a lack of due process on Amendment 14. And uh, so I asked uh, Rick Scott and all of them to see about sanctioning their judge. So that was oh. what happened to me. Ms. Timmons, thank you so yes. much. And it is, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming and to address God us. thank God I want to sue you. Oh, it's well, the state. Well, th thank you very much. We appreciate that, too. Um, uh, the next uh, is Father Bob Cadill. Uh, Father, thank you for being here. And uh, since we let you, you kind of go before the other stuff, does that give me points with the big guy? Does it? Maybe not. I don't know. I can't speak for him all the time. <laughs> just sometimes. Just going to speak for myself today, Mayor. Thank you very much for allowing me this opportunity. First of all, I would just want to say how proud I am to live in Broward County, especially with uh, people as yourself and in service to us, because I keep up with uh, many things that go on in Broward County and government, and I'm just impressed by the way that you, you handle yourself with such respect, and you're so civil with each other and, and with the public, and I, I thank you for that. And I'm also very proud to live and uh, be a resident of Broward County for 25 years. And I have a little parish in Oakland Park. And that's what I wish to speak to you about today. I'm not a political person. Only when politics infringes on our 
our civil rights or our religious rights. Uh, I believe you know, uh, commissioners, that in the last few years, um, Fort Lauderdale, namely, has not been very kind to our homeless population of the poor. Um, especially in my own city in Oakland Park, and I believe, uh, Commissioner Holness, you're my representative here. Um, I would like to speak to you about this in a, uh, in a private matter some, sometime in the future. But Oakland Park and Fort Lauderdale are guilty, I believe, of infringing on the rights of citizens in that uh, taking away their basic rights of places to sleep, eat, to survive, actually. Now in the city of Oakland Park, they have made it uh, even more um, strict on churches such as myself who have a parish that feeds the, the poor for 25 years. We feed from 100 to 238 people a day uh, for dinner and uh, we received a cease and desist order from the city of Oakland Park which the ACLU has trimed or is in the process of uh, defending us on that. My issue with you here today is if something can be done on the county level I know that funding is uh, part of something that you do on the charities for the coalition and different organizations that help the poor in Broward County. I'm wondering why we give cities, municipalities such as Oakland Park money to further the ends and the helping of the lower classes in places like Oakland Park where they're on the other side. They're not using the money to help people, they're using their funds to uh, put down the homeless and the poor. Broward County is, is the most beautiful place, I believe, because I've lived in many counties in the United States. I just love Broward County. However, I, I really embarrassed in this one issue that people will ask us in other places. And I was just in Columbia last weekend, and someone at a church I was doing a wedding. I got it. I'm watching the time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think uh, so. Said, what's going on with Broward County, Fort Lauderdale namely, that they want to beat up on the homeless? And that's the way they put it. So I'm asking today, uh, as a proud citizen of Broward County and my parish and all saints, and we will continue to help the poor if there's something that you can do to help the poor and the homeless of our, our good county. Thank, Thank you, you, Father. Thank you for allowing me to speak this morning. Thank you for taking the time to come God down God bless here. you. Thank you. Uh, now we're going to move on to our time certain item, um, which is item number 83. Uh, we have a number of public speakers on it, but before I ask uh, Commissioner Ryan to introduce the item, uh, I just wanted to ask Ms. Coffey a few questions. Um, first, this is a motion to discuss, so um, from my conversations with you previously, Ms. Coffey, uh, we can give direction, but we can't take a formal vote. Isn't that correct? In large part, yes. In large part. Right. So we can, we can basically direct to move forward, but we can't formally to have a motion and vote on this because it wasn't... It's... Uh, it's um, well, it's, uh, this is what Ms. Coffey has. Well, let me, let me clarify. I, I do believe that you can give staff direction. You could take a vote on giving staff direction, for example. You could instruct staff to hold off, for example, not to do certain things. And um, I would accept a motion to direct if you had an ordinance, for okay. example, to give me. But in large part, the motion to discuss is designed to air issues with subsequent action to follow. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the other thing, before uh, we move on, I just kind of want to set, uh, set the table and just ask Ms. Coffey. So just for the public and for everybody up here, and I'm going to let Commissioner Ryan open up. Um, there are currently, before this, are three proposed tax items that will potentially be on the, uh, the ballot. 
The first one is the one that we passed, which is the transportation surtax. That's 100% of the, uh, you know, that goes there. Then you have the cities that they submitted to the supervisor of elections, and you've been given word that the supervisor of elections has taken it and is putting it on the ballot. And then we have the third one that we're going to potentially be taking up, uh, that we will be taking up on the 14th, where it's the county attorney's opinion that it was our statutory duty to put the cities on there. So then would we have a ministerial, you know, uh, duty to put it on there. So right now, there is three. And now there, this one, I believe, is somewhat, uh, I'll let Commissioner Ryan discuss it, but it's going to be hopefully a compromise to all of that. But that's pretty much where we are. Is that right? There's a, there's a fourth. With one clarification, we do not have a written confirmation from the supervisor with regard to her intended actions on the city's proposal. She may have issued such a thing. I have not seen it. Oh, okay. Um, so with that said, uh, now we got that set, I'm going to let Commissioner Ryan uh, kick it off. Commissioner Ryan. I put item 83 on the agenda to uh, inform my colleagues about the status of uh, negotiations and discussions that I have had um, with West End Mayor Dan Sturmer in relation to the um, three-quarter penny uh, transportation surtax that was passed two weeks ago by the County Commission, um, the um, infrastructure tax that had been uh, adopted by a majority of the cities of the population in Broward County and has been submitted to the Supervisor of Elections, and also the third uh, uh, ordinance, which uh, we uh, had on first reading, agreed to publish with regard to a uh, infrastructure tax of one penny with 15% being uh, paid to the county for economic development. Uh, I want to thank Mayor Sturmer, he's been a, a real gentleman. Um, he's a very intelligent man, uh, understands the issue very well. And um, although we have not reached um, a point where there's something that I can bring back that I would recommend to the county commission, I will say that um, he has a lot of uh, excellent ideas and uh, thinks through the process quite well. So I compliment you, uh, Mayor Sturmer. So it was some time ago that we uh, on the County Commission made a policy decision that we found uh, transportation and improvements in transportation with regard to mobility and reducing traffic congestion to be a priority for Broward County, for economic development, for betterment of the quality of life for the citizens of Broward County. Um, as you know, uh, I have for the past year been uh, working with the cities, uh, primarily through the MPO, to try to come to a uh, consensus position with regard to a penny uh, sales tax for transportation. Uh, we were at a point where there was a 30% direct allotment to the cities, and the balance would be paid over to the county for regional transportation needs. Um, that um, proposal uh, ended up being uh, rejected at the MPO level. And uh, the cities came forward with a proposal uh, for a penny sales tax uh, for infrastructure. Uh, does not have a sunset, does not have uh, oversight board, um, and um, it would be 60% paid over to the uh, to the cities, 40% to the county per the uh, statutory requirement for the division of the proceeds. Uh, so we we came back, as I said, two weeks ago, and we passed. Uh, a transportation uh, surtax uh, ballot question 
all of these uh, proposals for a surtax uh, require a approval by a majority of the voters. Uh, they're scheduled for the general election in November of this year. Um, we're, we're pretty far apart. Um, the, the city's uh, position as um, provided to me by Mayor Sturmer is that uh, the, the cities would agree to the county moving forward with a half penny for transportation and a half penny that would go to infrastructure and the half penny going to infrastructure would be paid 100% to the cities. I had expressed my concerns that um, one half penny would not be sufficient for the significant uh, transportation challenges that we have today in Broward County and that we anticipate with a growing population over the next several decades. Uh, we have uh, plans for uh, rail in, in uh, portions of the county and for improving uh, mass transit with our bus service uh, for traffic light synchronization, improvement of regional roads, and other roadway uh, improvements that, as I said, would uh, improve uh, the movement of traffic and persons throughout Broward County. So um, I'm willing to continue discussions, and I just wanted to bring it back uh, to this board uh, to, to let you know the position right now of, of the cities is, seems to be pretty firm of a half penny for infrastructure. And it is a policy decision. I mean, it's, it's a balance. I mean, you only have so much money to go around. And um, uh, so we can continue the discussions. But, you know, I, I look at what the Florida Department of Transportation has in their roadway plans and in their vision statement, uh, what the MPO's 2040 mobility plan is, what the United States Department of Transportation. And all of this is uh, in related to the uh, expansion and improvement of uh, multimodal transportation. And uh, in order to accomplish that, uh, it is the belief of uh, staff in Broward County, and I believe uh, you members, that we have a level of funding that is required in order to reach these objectives. So with that, I know you have a number of speakers that wish to be recognized, and uh, we can have further comment at the end of the discussion from the public. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. Uh, we now have um, an not a whole lot of members of the public, but a number of members that are asking to speak. And it appears that even though you're not first on my thing, you're walking up, so let me find you. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> you've been moved. So uh, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> you are. the first speaker would be Mayor Sturmer of Weston. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, commissioners, good morning. Thank you, Commissioner Ryan, for putting this agenda item on. And thank you for your time last Thursday afternoon and for your conversations that started two weeks ago tomorrow after we were all last here. Thank you to Ms. Coffey for arranging the meeting last Thursday. I stand here before you hopefully on behalf of all of the city electeds and their staff that are here as the only speaker on this item on behalf of the cities. We want to thank you and work collaboratively with you. Last Thursday evening at 11.15 I sent you all an email that further clarified the proposal that Commissioner Ryan just said. Some of the issues that I laid out in the email and the cities are prepared to stand by today include the insertion of a sunset provision 25 years out, prepared to have the creation of an oversight board that would have the five members as proposed by Commissioner Ryan, 
we'd figure out the dynamic of where your three would come from, but two would come from the city side, one from the BCCMA and one from the Broward League of Cities. None of them elected officials. We also agreed that somewhere between 10 and 25% of the infrastructure dollars would be spent by cities on average on transit, transportation, or mobility-related projects. All of this supplements and benefits your transportation needs, roadway systems, congestion, things that go on in cities. Infrastructure is a pretty broad subject, yes, but the infrastructure that would be contemplated in good measure would supplement what you're contemplating. You know what? The first plan that came out from Broward County was a penny. It's now been reduced to three-quarters of a penny. We stand here today and ask you to join arms with us to present a unified front to the voters in Broward County. You know what? We can dicker all we want. It's going to be up to the people that vote in November. And on behalf of the city elected officials and staff, and I'd ask you all to please rise. We stand here on behalf of 94% of the population and ask you to move forward with the proposal that would give half a penny to transportation to Broward County, half a penny of infrastructure to the cities, which would include the unincorporated portion of Broward County. You'd administer it between your, your, your municipal services district, but it would come out of our portion. We'd agree to a sunset, we'd agree to an oversight, and we would agree to commit between, 15, between 10 and 25% towards transit, transportation, and mobility projects. Thank you for your positive consideration. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mayor Sturmer. Uh, the next person in the queue is Mr. Russell Rand. Russell? Hey, Russell. The smell of money. That being said, um, Government's a necessary evil. It's absolutely necessary and inherently evil, and I stand here because of that. And if you start to build a simple mousetrap, you end up with a Rube Goldberg contraption that defies logic and has nothing to do with the original mousetrap. I wonder what happened to the money that should have gone to the infrastructure and transportation over the 42 years that I've been here, and why you need to jack up the taxes to make up for it. It's when you play a shell game, you end up somebody not sitting down <coughs> at the table. Um, I would like to think that this went to a useful purpose, but as has been pointed out, this is a regressive tax against people of poorness and people of color in particular, such as myself. I used to have a home, but I no longer have a home because of this. <coughs> So you could jack my taxes up on my home. That's what you should do. And you're doing micro-skimming of the property millage rate and taxes today. Um, but yet you're trying to jack up the sales tax that's going to tax the person behind the tree, always, which is somebody else. But as has been shown here, the little people are not really heard in these processes well enough. And... Uh, there are people who are salivating for that money, I'm sure. I don't want to name any names. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Uh, the next person on the queue is Dan Lynn Lin Blade, the president of the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. Hi, Dan. Welcome. Good morning. Mayor, thank you. Commissioners, staff. 
County Administrator. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, we have 1,300 members representing about a half a million employees throughout the county. Uh, we're just one of 17 chambers in the county. And we have not come out with a position on the surtax to date because we don't know what it is. We see all these different proposals. Every time I come to a meeting, it seems to change. And the players seem to change. I, I'm, I was very pleased with Mayor Sturmer's uh, testimony here today. And, 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 and what we're asking you guys to do is come together because this is us. This is Broward County. This is the cities. This is the business community. This is our churches. We live here together, and we need you as a county leadership to build this consensus and common ground. If you don't, I don't think that at least our chamber is going to be able to support a multifaceted, competing interest type of uh, voting uh, mechanism in November. So what we're looking for is clear oversight, clear items that are going to be pushed forward, whether it's transit or infrastructure. What we're looking for is for us as a community, elected officials, business leaders, and citizens to come together and say, we recognize we have problems. We recognize we have shortcomings. Not everybody's going to get everything. And some people are not, or most people are not going to be happy with the final end product. As you all know, as elected officials, that's usually the sign of something good. When you don't get everything that you wanted to begin with, but you drive something that is going to be for the ultimate good, that's going to keep our economic prosperity moving forward. And so I encourage you, Mayor and Commissioners, to come up with that solution in short order. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Uh, the next person on queue is uh, Mayor Mike Ryan of Sunrise. I stand in support of my learned colleague from Western, Mayor Sturmer, and wave my time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and the final person on is uh, Charles Calkins. Charlie, you should have been a, a doctor, not a lawyer, because it's the worst handwriting I've ever seen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just so kidding. Tell, just don't kidding. tell my secretary that. <laughs> Mayor, commissioners, thank you for the opportunity this morning to uh, talk with you for a few minutes about the transportation and, and infrastructure surtaxes. The workshop understands the importance for the ability of business people, visitors, our employees, to move around from one location to the next. It's really important in Broward County, and we owe it to the people in Broward County for the quality of life that we have to have an effective way to transport ourselves, move around the, the county. We've been on this issue for a long time, and uh, uh, there's no dispute that from uh, Mayor Sturmer and the cities that there's infrastructure needs, but we think there's really transportation needs, and those needs are preeminent, and they are the ones that we're focused on. We're a growing community, we want to maintain the vibrancy of Broward County, and it's an integrated metropolitan area. We want to attract new businesses. We want to retain new businesses. To do that, we've got to have an effective transportation system that works. Now, that being said, the workshop has looked at the two issues, the two surtaxes, and we've got some concerns about them, and we've expressed them in writing, and I think you've all received our position on this. Two one-half-cent proposals to the ballot is going to be confusing, like Dan just said, Having two half-cent proposals on the ballot is going to be confusing. I think we'll probably doom both of them. I don't think the taxpayers are going to understand them, and I think they're going to look at it as two different tax grabs that are not going to necessarily make sense to them. So what happens if one passes and one loses? 
and that, those kind of complications. Another concern we have is we're 13 days before the supervisor of election says you've got to get the ballot language to her. 13 days to put all this together and come up with something that would be effective and work? I don't think it will work. Uh, it, it, we, need, we need to act, actually focus on that sacred penny and how it's going to be used, how it's going to get uh, agreed to by the voters. The Broward Workshop has previously recommended that rather than rushing to the situation, please take the time to work with the cities, work together. 2018 is the time to put this on. Give ourselves a couple years to get this thing together, get everybody on the same page, and figure out what's the best solution for Broward County. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Um, now we're, that was our last public speaker, so now we're moving back to the County Commission. I'm sure there's a number of folks that want to speak. The first person on my queue is Commissioner Wexler. Look where we find ourselves again. I don't want to wait until 2018. I want to take a chance. And I'm very proud of every city leader and everybody that has been coming to our meetings, reaching out to me, reaching out to my colleagues to keep the conversation going. I'm a realist. Y'all know I'm not pie in the sky, Cinderella kind of gal. <laughs> but you want to pull this off, and if we want to pull this off, I know that we can do this. I know we can. Yes, it's a short window, but we've got to at least try. Having three items on the ballot is absolutely a recipe for disaster. Mayor Sturmer and I communicate a lot. I represent half of the city of Weston, but he's also a friend of mine, and we talk a lot. And one of the things that I would like to compliment him on, and you, many mayors that are here today on, is your desire to find a solution here. And consensus, coming to consensus. I mean, if we all don't feel good about moving something forward, then we're probably moving in the right direction. And let's keep reminding ourselves of that because that's what consensus really is, that we agree that it's in the best interest of, but I may not be the happiest person and the cities may not be the happiest, but it's still we need this. Who knows what the legislature is going to do to us the next time they meet? Who knows if the, if the bar will be raised to 60% or the requirement will be put out there for only a presidential race? Personally, I like a gubernatorial go-around. If you were going to ask me my druthers, I just think that more dedicated voters come out for a governor's race than a presidential um, race. But here we are in 2016. We have in front of us a document that absolutely shows compromise. And I'm supporting it. Everybody that has been in contact with me from cities, I have answered them that I am supporting this item moving forward. And I hope that we can continue this conversation going. My fear, and this is what I don't understand, my fear is, is how do we do this? How do you and we do this so that we have one item on the ballot, not two items? Not two, because the public will absolutely be confused. How do we, how do we get there? So I, I need your help. We need your help 
um, and, and Mr. Gorin and Mr. Mr. Cole and all of those brilliant minds, legal minds that have been working with everybody to try to find how we get there because the plan, we're going to have that plan. The cities have their plan. You have a five-year plan. You're required by law to have a five-year capital plan. Can you add another five years to it and another five? And another? Of course you can. I have no doubt about that. But at least you have a starting point. So to hear that there's no plan and it's confusing troubles me. They just need to look or ask. The second thing, we certainly have a plan. What makes it what makes it encouraging for me isn't necessarily the 50-50, because we recognize as a Board of County Commissioners the O&M opportunity of a regional transportation system. And in an infrastructure tax, I cannot use those dollars. But in a transit tax, I can. So if the cities can take some of the burden, the financial burden, of the, the transit tax, off of the county through the proposed language of a required between 10 and 25 percent, that puts a minimum of 10 percent in my column. And so now what it's done is it's, it's, made it, it's made it much more palatable to me as a county commissioner to be able to sell it and get out there and defend that. I think that it is absolutely an opportunity that we must continue to take advantage of, work on. If cities have to do an emergency meeting, then call an emergency meeting. You have the authority to do that. We have the authority to do that. I recognize the clock is ticking, but it starts here today by five of us telling our legal, telling Joni Coffee, we want to move forward on this. I heard. Commissioner Ryan say, keep the conversation going. But I think that it's got to be much more determined than that. It can't be just keep the conversation going. It's got to be, I like this, and I support where we're going with this, and let's keep that conversation going so that next week I have an item before me in which to vote on. Um, the next person is going to be Commissioner Hollins, but I have a quick procedural question, if it's okay for Ms. Coffey. Um, our last commission meeting, we actually voted specifically to put an item on the ballot. That's there. If we decide to move forward to the 14th, and I know this is under Robert Rules of Order, this is the day, it has to be the next meeting that you can repeal it. Will we have the authority, if we come to a compromise, to take to repeal that action, even though it's not the next meeting? Or is that automatically going on the ballot, no matter what, if we don't take action on that today? I want to be sure that I understand your question. Yes. Do you have to take action on the 14th in order to remove the transportation surtax? Yes, yes, you do. Okay. Now, there is a possibility that something can be any further um, potential for removing something from the ballot. We'd need to confer with the supervisor and her counsel. Okay. Okay. My, the only, my just thing was I always thought that if you do a motion for reconsideration, somebody on the prevailing side would have had to reconsider it. I always thought that had to be the direct meeting afterwards under Robert Rules of Order? It's not reconsideration. There's a way to get it done. There's a way to get it Okay, great. That's all I want to know. Commissioner Holness. Yes. Uh, Ms. Coffey, we're required to have two separate items. Can we have, we can't have one item, can we? Is there a way to get there? 
my preliminary reading of the statutes is that you must have two separate ballot items. Now, there are sometimes ways to phrase the independent items so that they refer to one another, um, but I believe that the statute plainly requires, in fact, it has specific wording for the separate kinds of surtaxes that must appear on the ballot, yes for the tax, no against the tax, and another one it's just yes and no. So I would be troubled by trying to create a single ballot item, but there may be a way to have the two items refer to one another. And, and in terms on one another. In terms of our timeline, we have to have this to the supervisor of elections by what date? The supervisor's indicated June 20th on another occasion. I'm sorry? I thought I heard her say the week of June 20th. I believe that by June 24th we would be all right. By June 24th. So we have a very short window. Uh, in order to make this happen, if we are going to put it in front of the voters for them to decide whether or not they want to put this thing in place. It, it is heartening to see that we have not dug our heels in on either side to figure out how we find common ground for the good of the people we serve, at least to give them the opportunity to make a decision as to whether or not they would like to pay an extra one cent or whichever, whatever we come up with here. Uh, and, and, and for me, it's always been how do we find balance to ensure that this tax that is regressive benefits those who are going to be most greatly impacted, uh, the people who are lower income. That's, that's, that's been a major issue for me. Uh, now, many lower-income people depend on transportation, and you can do the studies and you'll find that. Uh, so there's a benefit there to them. I think there's a great benefit to Broad County on the transportation side, particularly. In that, we send more money to Tallahassee and to Washington, D.C. than we get back, by far, too much. If we have the operation and maintenance money, for a transit system, we will be able to draw down, in my estimation, probably hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and, and I see our uh, director of transportation, Mr. Walton, nodding his head. Uh, it's possible for us to do this. If we don't have these dollars in place, then Broward County is losing and will continue to lose the opportunity to get more of our taxpayers' dollars back from Tallahassee and from Washington, D.C. So it, it is heartening to see us here uh, in our conversation previously based on uh, the definitive plan that was put together by our staff, actually allocation of where the dollars would go, the amount of dollars, what effect it would have on our system. Uh, I thought that we needed more than a mere half a penny. Uh, this gets us a little bit closer because if you're willing to make the commitment for at least 25% to go towards uh, infrastructure uh, that accommodates transportation, then I think we move a little bit closer. Uh, not exactly where I believe we ought to be, uh, but it moves us a bit there in, in, in the essence of compromise. That's something that I'd be willing to support uh, for us to get this item in front of the voters 
so that they can make a decision as to whether or not the cost and benefit analysis benefit them enough for them to support it uh, going forward. So what I'm thinking we're going to have to do, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to work double time, overtime. We have, we have to put a lot of effort in on both sides uh, to make this happen if we're, if we're to move it forward. Uh, but it, it's, it's a big compromise on our part, I believe, uh, to, to get to this so that the cities can get some of the dollars they're looking for. And I understand. I was a city commissioner also. I, I know uh, that many cities have needs to, to do things within the cities. Uh, if we are able to get it through and get it in front of the voters, then there's a huge educational process that has to be undertaken uh, for them to understand clearly what the pluses and minuses and, and, and how it benefits or not benefits uh, them uh, going forward for them to make an informed decision uh, as to what in, is in the best interest of all of us here in Broward County. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Furr. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, first of all, my first inclination is to lock the doors and not let anybody out of here <laughs> till, till we come up, till we figure out the, uh, the answer. Uh, Fire that's, hazard. That's what I think we ought to do. <laughs> Just let them go and, and we figure this out together. Um, because I think this is a unique, a unique opportunity we, and we need to seize this opportunity. We've got everybody here. We've got some good uh, proposals on, on, you know, in front of us. Uh, I want to thank the, the conversations between Commissioner Ryan and Commissioner Sturmer and all the other Mayor Sturmer. Mayor, Mayor Sturmer, I'm sorry. Um, on, because I think that, is, that has allowed for lots, lots of the focus that was needed. I think we had, I think we had lost focus. I, I think the MPO actually lost focus as well when, they, when, they, when it went only to infrastructure and started to forget some of the transportation part. I think we didn't have as, as good a focus and as good a plan as I think uh, we should. I mean, I, and I look at that, and I sent you all this stuff on the FEC. When I saw in, in our plan that that wasn't there, I'm like, how can that not be there? Because uh, yesterday I was at the South Florida Planning Council, and they passed their SMART plan. Their SMART plan talks about the regionalization of transportation through Miami-Dade, up to Broward, up to, up to Palm Beach. What was number one on theirs? FEC. And I don't, why ours wasn't on there, I he, what I've heard was that we didn't have certain permits. Well, last month, they didn't either. But now they are, they are tagging on with what all aboard is doing. So that's number one on their, on their entire project. The numbers are there, how much it costs. What's interesting about it is it talks about not, not only, you know, the, uh, you know, the capital costs, but station after station after station. And this is where I think we need to be, develop, be developing a plan together. If that comes through every downtown in Broward County, what's, who's, gonna, who's gonna build the station in Hollandale, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale, Pompano? Those, those are the kind of things we, we should be talking about because that's part of the infrastructure that's, that's gonna be, need to be considered. We should actually be asking ourselves how are we going to be negotiating with FEC? Not only how Miami Dade's about to be negotiating with FEC, we should be doing this all three counties together. And I know that there's a there's an entity to do that, but we should be thinking how do we do this together so we're not negotiating against each other. And th those are the kind of things that I want us to to begin. 
Um, that said, I, can, I, would, I would like to support what I've seen um, at, be proposed. My, I would actually like to see the number, I see the numbers 10 to 25 percent. I honestly think it needs to be a minimum of 25 percent. Because when I look at those ways of connecting between all three counties, uh, I, I, you know, when I, the, the, not only the FEC part, but the part they are talking about going up the northern corridor, up 27, up University, all those things connect all of us. Every single, whether you're in a city that it has an older infrastructure and that is going to need this, and I absolutely understand the needs, particularly on the coastal cities, for infrastructure. When I look at um, Hollywood or for Fort Lauderdale and I see what they're going to need for climate change mitigation seawalls, I think Fort Lauderdale had 125 miles of, uh, of seawalls that needed looking at. That's, that's more, they'll never get enough money on that. But um, I do think 25%, I, I would be more comfortable with 25% minimum, I'll be honest. And I, and I know some cities are not maybe comfortable with that. But I think that looks, that, that, can, that would allow for, uh, I think that's a good place for us to go. It also gets us to, and, and, and to, the seven, to the 0 0.75% that we were talking about. In terms of that compromise right there gets us to that number in terms of the 50% that totally transportation and 25%, it almost gets us there. It's close, it's close. Right, you're right, I just realized that. <laughs> I just did the math in my head and it was, it's closer though, it's closer. So um, I, w I, I could actually support this. I don't know how it gets on the ballot. You bring up a good question, and that's something I'd like to see. But last week, I, I absolutely do not think we can put three proposals on there. It needs to be, we need to be unified on this. And, and I, actually, I actually think the cities are in a, in a better position to sell this to the public than the county, because you can go step by step, street by street, what's going to be done, and, and I know that I'd like to, you know, I know that as citizens, they look at the things that are right around them and what's going to be, um, what's going to be made better, whether it's their street, whether it's their sidewalk, whether it's greenways that connect all of us, all those things. I think uh, we've seen what the school board did and was able to see in terms of, you know, every, everybody, every single thing in their neighborhood. I think it makes a huge difference. We're able, we're able to put forth the bigger picture in terms of transportation. I think we can sell that because when I look at the most recent uh, statistics talking about bus, what's working bus-wise, we've actually seen a drop on, on bus ridership on local, but we've seen a, a major increase on the regionalization buses, the breeze bus, the, I'm not sure what you call it, breezeway express, express buses. There's actually, I think it's a 200% increase on that. So any of us that are going you know, if we start to think regional, that's our job to, to promote that. And we can promote that in conjunction with the infrastructure and the, and the, in, uh, the independent needs of, that the cities have. I want to see that. I want to see us go forth together on this. If we don't, it is not going to pass. So I'm in support of the proposal that's been put forth. I would like to see the 25% minimum. I think that's important because we're going to need that, uh, like I said, and to build those stations and to, and to complement the, the transportation infrastructure. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. I'd like to see us, like I said, lock the doors until we get out of here, and uh, hopefully we can get there today. Thank you.
Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Sharif, Vice Mayor Sharif. I'm glad to see that there is um, some sign of compromise here because, um, you know, for a while there, I was beginning to lose faith in the fact that um, the cities and the county could not come to a compromise. Uh, my concern was the fact that we still had to have two ballot questions. Because I think that when you're asking um, the public to, uh, for taxes of any sort, that they're not gonna vote for two. And I felt like the, um, the chances of both passing at the same time was slim to none unless we could connect them. And so um, how, how do we bridge the gap? Because I think in every meeting that I've been to, transportation, transportation has always been brought up. As um, recently as this week with the ULI committee, right? The first thing that came up was transportation. How do we get people to and from major areas um, in our county? And how do we make it easier to access those areas? And so um, while I understand that the cities want the infrastructure surtax, and I understand um, we are a regional body and we have to think regionally, we have to also think about every one of the municipalities uh, I just, with, without being able to combine these two taxes, I could sit here all day long and vote yes to this, but I think that uh, one or both will probably fail. And so um, at this point in time, you know, I'm, I'm willing to um, listen and I'm willing to compromise, but um, I think that we all need to look at what's really important, and that is our transportation infrastructure. And um, so that's where I'm at right now, Mayor. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I want to be re relatively brief on this. I, I, I have to say that, um, you know, the, the, what led us up to this, and I'm a, I am a, I'm a person that tries to always be positive, and I, I guess what, what concerns me is a little bit of, of what happened is it's sad that there are these great people that are here and good policies and no one like every single person in the first three rows, and Dan, that's the last time they're all going to stand up for you and sit and stay and whatever you want me to do, but um, everybody does a great job. I came from a city where I served two terms, and you know, I understand that, that there's subdivisions and subdivisions of the subdivisions, so it becomes well, what's the county do, what do the cities do, and that type of thing. And trust me, when you're running from the city commission to the county commission, you answer that door, when you, you answer that question when you're knocking on people's doors. Um, they think we do duplicative things, they th things like that. So my concern is that we, we didn't start from this point, but we're here now, um, and to Dan Lindblade and Charlie Calkins' point, we have to have a really good plan to sell people, because ultimately we're running uh, a plan much like the school board did, and I don't think Folks had a lot of confidence they would get that done, but they came together and they had a ground game and they, they treated it like a candidate and they, they ran that plan. Each school and each district and each community had, a, had something that was going to be done for them. Sadly, Northeast High School is still not done and it's probably gonna remain like it is for the next 100 years, but that's beside the point. Um, looking back on these type of things, and, and I said this to uh, Cindy Ehrenberg-Selser when she was here with the CSC and this 
upset and disdain for the legislature and the Senate president with regard to um, having to having the gall to ask them to go back and ask the taxpayers to reauthorize a plan that helped helped uh, distribute additional funds to children. The numbers were staggering, and the Broward Workshop got behind this. The chambers, the the organizations, the economic development organizations here in in, in the county. And it was that if we handled these services for children, we would deliver about $12 million, 12 to 15. If the CSE delivers it, it's 65 million plus. And they're needed, well-needed well services, and that's how they're being delivered, and that's why they won with an over, overwhelming number of almost three-quarters of the vote. Um, to get me there, and I, I've had this conversation with numerous folks, I'm not so much concerned about the sunset date where it goes away unless people vote it back in. I am concerned about the reauthorization date. And nobody's had that conversation. And all of the financial geniuses in this room can come up and tell me you can't bond something unless you've got 20, 25, 30 years. You've been running your cities for you know, the, the newest at you know, 40, 50 years, up to, 100, up to 100 years. You have the financial backing within the city. If we can come up with a plan that we have a 10-year reauthorization of these plans, I'm on board. If we can't, I'm not, because what's been said here is 95, when, when Mayor Sturmer stood up, he said he represents 94% of the people. Well, I happen to know that the very city where I live is not represented, not physically, but in this concept, is not supportive of this. I happen to know from the mayor of Deerfield Beach that, she, that, that uh, they weren't supportive. That's right there, there's 11 and 70,000 people. Well, I'm going. Listen, I'm going. I'm going. It's okay. I'm going. Mayor Sturmer, it's okay. If there's a resolution, I didn't get it, and the mayor uh, reached out to me directly. Um, with respect to what we have, um, to me, um, it was mentioned by one of my colleagues here that if we don't have if we don't have these dollars in play, Broward County loses. These aren't our dollars to start with. These are the taxpayer dollars. These are our visitors. These are our residents. Um, we need to show a little bit more, in my, my view, we need to show a little bit more respect for what is owned by someone else and earned by someone else and not have plans for it before we encourage them and sell them on the idea that this is a great product. You should invest in this. You know, we're, we're talking about transportation. Uh, Barbara brought it up, Commissioner Sharif brought it up uh, with regard to the big issue when we were in Sunrise last night and the night before uh, is transportation. It's getting around choke points. It's getting to whatever we're going to do in redevelopment at the, at the arena site, uh, whatever, you know, the other projects that uh, Wisteria and uh, uh, Metropica are doing, a lot of density, a lot of things out there to do. I mean, there may be sports entertainment and other things with regard to our site. How do people get there? Well, I did. I, I can tell you from, from Northeast Broward, you can either go up to the 10th Street and dream of it connecting to the Sawgrass, but once you get on the Sawgrass, you're there in two seconds, or you can go around uh, 595, 95 to 595 at 136. It's, it's the east-west. It's all the people in between that, that box that are having a really hard time getting around. So you need, we need to have a plan that's going to be able to get them around. It was, as was mentioned by Commissioner Furr, if you live in the Eastern Corridor, which I was told the other night is only 10% of the population, which I haven't done the math yet, but there's a hell of a lot of people over there for 10%. Um, we, we need to figure out how that commuter rail, whether it is uh, hybrid 
uh, tri-rail or separate commuter rail can start and stop in Deerfield, Pompano Beach, for, uh, Oakland Park, Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, Oakland Park, however that gets decided, all the way down to Hallandale Beach. Uh, people will get out of their cars if they can leave them in a corridor where there's parking. Um, in my case, I have an office at City of Pompano Beach uh, uh, City Hall. I'll drop my car there and come down here and not have to worry about the, uh, the transportation. When they get down here, we're going to have to do something, uh, Mr. Walton, with our, our, uh, our transit center. We're going to have to get, uh, I've had conversations with, with folks, we're going to have to, whether they use the bus or the train or the all aboard, when they get to that, that area, we're going to have to figure out a way that that transit center isn't someplace that you would never, ever, ever let your mother or your sister or your grandmother uh, or even yourself go sometimes. It is, and it's, it's, it's not us, but it, it, is, it is what is convening there, and that's not what we want to have here in, the, in, the, in the, the epicenter of Broward County still is Broward and Andrews, whether there are more people north or, or west of here or not. Um, you know, Dan mentioned a, a clear, clear plan to move forward. Um, we've got to figure out a way that there's one thing, one decision for people to make, and it's not whether it's deciding between ball fields, fire stations, and, and uh, public buildings and city infrastructure versus city transportation or transit or, or infrastructure like bridges and, and road projects, uh, or a complete transportation plan with, with rail, light rail, and, and transit, we've got to have one plan that they can look at. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with this. Um, unless I can get to a point where, where uh, we can look at this in 10 years and the voters can, in essence, rate their, you know, rate their government, rate their system, because the bottom line is, you get out of a, uh, you get out of a, uh, whether it's a taxi cab or an Uber or you know maybe maybe the shuttles are the same thing at some point. But you rate you rate the service. It's as simple as saying one through five stars. You leave a restaurant, you use open table. The next email you get is how was your how was your food at the mayor's cafe? So you rate it and and they know how they're doing. So I have to <laughs> five stars. Uh, so we have to know we have to know that, that that can be done. That shouldn't, and someone can tell me differently, then, then I'll understand. That shouldn't affect the ability to bond something. And so I'm not saying to change the sunset date, but we should be able to go back and decide whether we want to continue forward with this plan or not in, in that period of time. Uh, save for that, uh, I'm with Mr. Calkins when, when he says that we need to spend 18 months putting this together and then another six months selling it um, because we haven't done that. We, we said we would do that and I was, you know, whether it's the TMA or the M MPO, I've been in those meetings and we've, we've all said we want to do this and we're, we're, we're hitting up against the, the, uh, the edge of the window. I mean, we're at the, you know, we're, out, we're, we're half, half out the window and, you know, we're, we're, at, we're at the point where we've got to tell Dr. Snipes what's going to go on here and we, we, we just don't I, don't, I don't see that we have a plan of one. I see that you all have a plan for 31 cities, um, and I see that we have our, our transportation plan. If we can figure out a way to meld those together and look at it with a 10-year look back, um, I would be supportive. Thank you. Um, well, I'm going to speak, and if nobody else is going to speak, I'm going to ask Commissioner Ryan to close. Um, but all right, so if you think about it, a whole lot has gone on on this issue. And I think all of us have a lot of concerns. And the concerns are, I think, right now, where we are. 
And where we are right now is we're actually headed for three different initiatives, possibly a fourth, being put on the ballot. So let's talk about that. The first one is the one the county has already voted to put on the ballot. That's the transportation tax. Then you have the city's infrastructure tax, where I think last time I checked it was 94, cities representing 94% of the population voted to pass resolutions to put an item on the ballot. That's been given to the supervisor of elections, and it's my understanding that she's going to put that on the ballot. And then we have the third item that we're actually going to be dealing with uh, on the 14th, where the county attorney's office has opined that pursuant to statute, we're basically transmitting, we change the language, but transmitting uh, what the city's passed to put on the ballot as well, but it's slightly different than what the cities have done, so that could potentially be a third one. And then we have what's before us today, which is compromised language. Uh, that I know that Commissioner Ryan and Commissioner Wexler and Mayor Sturmer and Mayor Ryan and just about everybody else out there have been working very hard, closely on to try to get through. So I also look at our dais and I listen to what everybody had to say. There are eight county commissioners. We don't have a ninth county commissioner. And we need five votes to do anything. So this is going to be, at the end of the day, pretty close. Uh, there have been, I believe, five people that have spoke positively about a compromise. And I think there should be a compromise as well. And so I think one of two things needs to happen. This is just my opinion, and I'm just one county commissioner. I think either uh, the cities and the county figure out some compromise language for one ballot initiative, one proposal, put that on the ballot, or scrap the whole thing and wait till 2018. Because having more than one proposal on the ballot is not healthy and not fair to our residents, and it's not what we need to be doing. And having the cities and the county fight so much is not healthy either. So. I have a few questions. And actually, Mayor Sturmer, would you come up to the, uh, the, uh, the mic? Mayor Sturmer, as always, it's very good to see you. Good and to uh, see you, Mr. Mayor. I guess that, you know, you, we've had a lot of conversations as well. You're, you're a very yes, busy guy. <laughs> um, so here are my concerns. Yeah, most of the folks know that I have been opposed to voting to put something on the ballot to increase the sales tax. I have concerns with that, but I'm willing possibly to change my position if there's compromise language. But I'm unwilling to vote for something if there's going to be other items on the ballot at the same time. And I'm looking at the timetable. Right now, 94, cities representing 94% of the population have passed resolutions to put something on the ballot. So if cities representing 45% of the population do not repeal those, mm -hmm. it's going on the ballot no matter what. And I know you can only speak for Weston, but you've been kind of working with everything. So I'm wondering, will, uh, if this goes forward, will cities pass resolutions to repeal the infrastructure tax? Mr. Mayor, I can commit to you that once we lock Ms. Coffey, Mr. Myers, Mr. Horowitz, Mr. Gorin, and Mr. Cole and his team in a room, we will get a clear answer, one, on whether one ballot question is possible more than everybody's understanding. I think when we put the minds together to legally research whether or not that can happen, we may come to a clear answer. We may come to the answer that after the research, there need to be two correlated questions. I understand your hesitancy. It's our hesitancy as well. But I think if we craft the language in a way that's correlated and related and we sell it as one package, it will be viewed as one package. To your question, would the cities rescind their resolutions? I believe that without speaking on behalf of every city that has, should we get to that? The answer would enough cities would rescind their resolutions by way of emergency meeting, 
whatever is necessary to move that compromise forward. Yes. Would, um, and I, I understand, and I, and I definitely, you know, the problem with this, and this is what I understand, I definitely trust what you're saying. But it's very hard, of course, for you to speak on behalf of all the cities because everyone's their own independent body. You, 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 you as well would have to do the same. Right. No, I agree. What I would like to see is uh, this. I'm just suggesting this. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I know. Well, there's a lot of folks here, so I know they can. You know, absolutely. That, that to me is helpful. The jazz hands are saying yes. That's good. That, that to me is helpful. And actually, those are some very large cities, and I bet that's a significant amount of the population here in Brown. Funny how so, that happens. Absolutely. So I'm okay with that. So with that commitment, that, uh, you know, uh, this is something I'm willing to consider. But, uh, and so I guess, Ms. Coffey, is what, uh, Mayor, do you agree with Mayor Sturmer's assessment about having possibly one ballot? Can you explain that all to me? What, what's the issue? What's the deal? There are two different taxes under the statute, and that's the core problem. There are two different permissions from the legislature to impose taxes. I think that the mayor's suggestion that they could be correlated, I think language could be drafted to correlate the two, and you could have a mutual destruct clause, I believe, in each of them as well. If one doesn't pass, the other one doesn't pass. But I think you're going to need two ballot items. Okay. Um, I can be, you know, I can continue to talk with the city's lawyers and we'll continue to look, but I, I'm pretty sure that's where we're going to come out. Okay. Let, so, let me, Mr. Mayor, let me also suggest this. As I said to Commissioner Ryan when we started before Memorial Day weekend, and he took me up on the offer, we are prepared to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get to whatever date, whether it's June 20th, June 21st, except for Frank, he's got to take a nap, oh, yeah. June 22nd, 23rd, or the 24th to get this done. Okay. The cities are committed to do that. We look for a partner through you and the County Commission. I appreciate it. Th thank you, Mayor Sherman. So with that said, that gives me, uh, that gives me more comfort. Um, and I'm glad that the cities and the counties are finally moving forward to a mutually understandable position or agreeable position that also is very, that's more fair to our voters. And, and as you know, at the end of the day, for anything to pass, everybody's got to be on the same page. And uh, like I said, my commitment, at least I'm just one vote, as opposed to I am as to increasing the sales tax, if, a co if compromise language comes before us, uh, I would support it. Um, I know I had, uh, and I thank you all once again for your hard work and also, of course, with yourself. Uh, I bet you don't want to pay one more cent in sales tax for the rest of your life. You know? <laughs> so, but uh, before we go to Commissioner Ryan, a few uh, county commissioners wanted to chime in again. So um, it would be Commissioner Holness and Commissioner Lamarca and then to Commissioner Ryan. In terms of uh, passing a resolution rescinding what the city has done, uh, I think we also need to add support for whatever we come up with. So it's not just about pulling back what you did, but also supporting what we are going to, if we are able to come up with a compromise that, we, that, that is supported in your resolution going forward whatever also. Whatever the language <clears throat> needs to be to pull back one and throw 100% in favor of the uh, correlated related questions that will be done okay and 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 I like Commissioner Beanfar cannot support something that doesn't give us at least 25% uh, of that uh, half a penny uh, because again it it, it 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 won't work for what we need to do Miami-Dade County did a half a penny and and you can see the congestion that exists downtown they have a fragmented system it's not working we don't need to put ourselves in that place uh, 
here in Broward County and, and then be locked in for another 25 years to that. Commissioner LaMarca. Thank you, Mayor. I, I want to uh, correct something that I said. Uh, the city of Deerfield did indeed pass a resolution. The mayor of Deerfield Beach is opposed. Um, second issue, uh, the, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that was clarified, and, and I asked uh, staff, but uh, this is up to, uh, up to a $5,000 uh, purchase at, at any one purchase, and then the additional penny would not be anything further by state statute because I know that wasn't necessarily spelled out uh, in the municipal version, but I wanted to make sure because that was a big issue if somebody buys a uh, large investment, large investment in, in one, one item. The third thing is I didn't get any answers um, necessarily from anybody here, um, which which isn't, isn't uncommon for me, but I also didn't get any nods or uh, head shakes there about uh, being willing to look at a 10-year look back. So I would ask the question, um, so yeah, yes and no, those are both acceptable answers, but not knowing isn't really good for me. You might have to say no one, that's fine. Um, uh, before, uh, before we go to Commissioner Ryan, I just want to add something I didn't add before. Uh, one reason for the, you know, that it's, it's very important, and I just want to ask so Ms. Coffey, so if there is a compromise and there's a correlation between the two, that means the most that we could have is a one cent sales tax increase, not two cents, not three cents, one cent. Is that correct? That's what I'm understanding from the compromise proffer that I've heard here. Right. We cannot have anything on the ballot that is more than one cent. Commissioner Ryan. Legally, we could have, um, for the infrastructure, either a half a penny or a penny. That's what the statute allows. And for, um, for the transportation, you can have a penny or any percentage less than a penny. Uh, the discussion really has gotten kind of um, drilled down on where the dilemma is. Um, the cities have uh, a real desire for flexibility in the allotment of funds to the cities, and that's why the movement went towards the infrastructure tax. Um, when we were going to do the 70-30 split um, with 30% directly allocated to the cities, the western cities said, we, you know, we've got a great transportation system. We can't spend that 30%, but we certainly have infrastructure needs. So I appreciated that, and uh, Mayor Sturmer and I, I think two weeks ago, were moving in the direction of, of a recognition that uh, because of the needs of the city for that flexibility, we have to have uh, two separate ballot questions. Um, as, as Ms. Coffey said, and I think that the learned councils that have been representing the cities will agree uh, we have to have two separate questions. It's interesting on how we can correlate. I mean, the mutual destruction provision has to be in there. Uh, they have to both pass or neither pass. Um, we can get there. Um, you know, an interesting discussion was initiated by Commissioner Furr with regard to uh, the coastal link, the FEC rail line. And that is, is critical to relieving congestion on I-95 and our US-1 and our other eastern north-south um, expressways. But I'm a member of the SFRTA. We, at our last month's meeting, we approved in concept, subject to further negotiation, uh, an agreement between Tri-Rail and uh, All Aboard Florida uh, to connect Tri-Rail in Miami to 
the um, uh, Miami Central, which is the uh, downtown um, uh, southern terminus of the All Aboard Florida line. The only access that Tri-Rail has is from the Tri-Rail line to Miami Central. And we do not have north-south access. We don't have north-south access through Miami-Dade County, much less into Broward County. So that is going to be, in my view, uh, when we do get there. And the discussion, uh, although I asked that perhaps could we put together something with the, uh, the deal with All Aboard Florida and get some conceptual agreement to allow for uh, tri-rail access on the coastal link and um, no-go. Um, right now, uh, the FEC is not interested in that discussion. Hopefully they will be in, in the future. It's going to be driven, as uh, my colleague Commissioner Lamarca often says, uh, by market forces. So when it's profitable for the FEC to run commuter rail on the, eastern, on the coastal link, that's when it's going to happen. Um, for Tri-Rail or Broward County or some, some consortium of Palm Beach, Miami-Dade, and Broward County to have access along the coastal link, um, the, those fees, which I perceive to be operating expense, could be very, very large. That's why I continue to express concerns about the operating and maintenance expenses for uh, the expansion of rail in Broward County. Um, so with that in mind, I want to continue these discussions. I want to just remind um, my municipal colleagues that any expansion that we do or improvement of transportation by the Broward County Commission is going to be more than 95% of those improvements are going to be in the 31 cities. So let's not lose sight of that. Let's continue to try to work together and uh, see if we can come up with a compromise. And uh, I, I thank you, all the mayors, for spending as much time here with the county commission, and I hope it was as interesting as one of your city commission meetings. And so I guess that would mean, I mean, I guess six of us, uh, from my understanding, have asked that the, uh, the county continuously work with the cities in a, in a quick fashion to try to come up with something that is reasonable and fair and a good compromise. Uh, yeah. And that I believe that was the Mayor. consensus up here. Mayor. Yes. I hope we're not leaving it like that hanging here. I hope we, 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 we offer some direction. I, I, I would say that from here, I believe we ought to be offering some direction as to where we go. We're, we don't have a scheduled meeting again until the 14th. I know, I know we can do that, but it, it would be good if we can have a clear pathway, direction as to where we go from today in terms of a timeline what we're expected to do here so that the city knows where we are and, and whether or not we, we, we uh, direct staff or however we do this to ensure that they know we are willing to go for a half a penny uh, with uh, two of us stated 25%. Uh, I don't know what the rest of the commission uh, take is on that and I, and I think we probably ought to try and send as clear a signal as we can from here so they go back knowing exactly what they have to work with. And um, uh, before we, uh, you know, if uh, before Mayor Summer, would you like to say something? I have also I would. a commissioner for on the day. I just want to say the well. following. One, thank you for the discussion this morning. The cities that are here and those that couldn't be here, thank you. 
we thank you for the collegiality of trying to get to a final resolution where we put forth a one-penny surtax that benefits your needs and benefits the city's needs. We believe collaboratively we're prepared, like I said, to walk into a conference room next door, somebody will order in the pizza, and we won't leave until we're done. We mm -hmm. commit that to you, and we thank you in advance for giving the county attorney's office and the rest of staff direction to move forward with this. Thank you. Commissioner Furr. Uh, Commissioner Furr, did you want to? I just want to know if we needed to um, provide direction. And, and I, think, I understand yes. what Dale, oh, Commissioner Holos is saying, uh, mm -hmm. so that it's very clear. I think we should. I, you don't think so, Lois? No, I, I, I honestly, I, first of all, you've got all size cities with all kinds of needs. To, that, I, 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 that's why there's a range in there between 10 and 25%. Maybe through negotiation that can be condensed, but to lock the city in at a given number for transit when their need may not be anything near that amount, let him negotiate. Let Mayor Sturmer negotiate. I think they get it. Hey guys, uh, jazz hands please, jazz hands. Or else we're coming to your commission meetings I, and clapping. I, I, you know? They, they, let clap. they oh, allow clapping. Yeah, they do. Oh. Exuberance is allowed in city <laughs> meetings. So, so I, I just, okay. I honestly believe that, and I, I've heard the two of you, I'm not ready to say, this is it. Okay. That's not how you negotiate. Then okay. that, uh, you know, and uh, you know, uh, Commissioner Holness, did you want to did you want to add anything? I, I, I think that I've basically made myself clear where I stand uh, on the issue, uh, and 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 hopefully our staff will go forward uh, with uh, working on something. But for me, uh, again, there, there's a minimum where I am. I, I'm I, and and I can tell you, I'm not moving. I've moved enough already, and to I, be honest with you. I've, I think that we've made a lot of compromises. I, I believe that we have to ensure that we're looking at the totality of Broward County. Uh, and I know cities have needs, and I, and, and I support you in ensuring that you fulfill those needs. But at the end of the day, we're one county, one people. And, and, and stand, sitting here uh, looking at this from a regional standpoint, there are certain things that we need to have. It's, it's, we're coming from a long way from where we started to where we are at this point in time. I think that where we are is, is, is a good place. It's, it's a place where I believe both sides can benefit. You will have funding to do infrastructure at your control, how you want it, where you want it. On the other side of it, we don't get all that we need. Uh, for ensuring that we have a robust regional uh, transportation system that benefits you wherever you are, whether in Western Parkland or in Fort Lauderdale, wherever you are. If we are able to put more people in mass transit and create a better roadway system, better syn synchronization of our traffic signals, and all those things, everybody who gets on the road in Broward County is going to benefit from it. And we all have to get on the road to get somewhere. And I, uh, before I go to Commissioner Ryan, um, you, you know, for, for me, uh, you know, procedurally, just moving forward, I'm glad they're, you know, the county and the cities are going to attempt to work it out. Um, after hearing Commissioner Wexler, I do think it should be somewhat open-ended, but at the same time, everybody needs to keep in mind that to get anything done, we need five votes, and we only have eight county commissioners. So just as you all are negotiating, please keep in mind the comments 
that uh, were made by each member of the county commission uh, uh, because, you know, which I think will be very important to see what we can get through. With that said, Commissioner Ryan. I've listened very carefully to all of my colleagues on what your concerns are, and we've had this discussion for the past six months, even more. So I understand where all of you are at and what the concerns are. Um, it's been refreshing to, to have this type of an open dialogue so that the municipal officials, the mayors, can also hear um, what the concerns are of this commission. So with that in mind, I, I have to have the flexibility to, to work out something that uh, allows Mayor Sturmer to speak to 31 other cities and uh, come to something that we need to deliver next week. Next Tuesday is, is pretty much getting near a deadline, so um, we'll work on it. Um, let me have the flexibility. We'll see what we can come back with on Tuesday. Thank you, and thank you all very much for coming down here today. I very much appreciate it. I think, with these, I think this was very productive for the residents of Broward County, and, so, and thank you all for your service. Thanks. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Should we talk garbage while everybody's here? It's, uh, <laughs> we do. We The, uh, there are still a number of items that uh, we have before us. And uh, uh, the next item is item number 28. It was, it's actually Commissioner Wexler's item. It was pulled by Commissioner Sharif. Um, and what the item is, it's a, a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to uh, the Tourist Development Council and uh, the expenditure of funds. Now, the way I'm, I think, I'm, and there's also been the, the public has pulled it as well. So I think what I'm going to do here, it's Commissioner Wexler's item. So I'm going to let her open it. Then we'll go to the public and then we'll come right back to Commissioner Sharif since she pulled it. Um, so I know we've, uh, we actually, we have, we have five people here so we can, we can keep on going. We have a quorum. So uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I wish it's true. This is an important item. I wish uh, folks would come back, but Commissioner Wexler, would you like to explain it? Yes, yes. At, at the, la <coughs> the last time that a TDC item was brought forward, it was three different items and it was a motion to direct. And it addressed the ordinance. This does not address the ordinance. This addresses the administrative code and it is one direction. It is only about extraordinary asks. Um, and that's be up and beyond the budget process. It was unanimous by members of the Tourist Development Council that this come back before the Board of County Commissioners. I know that they met individually with or spoke to a couple of commissioners, because that's the word that got back to me. Who they met or spoke to is unknown to me. And um, this is before us to set for public hearing for, I guess it's next week, right? It, it yeah, is for June next week. 14th. That's it. That's, that is the story. So it's one item, and it's the administrative code, and it only addresses extraordinary asks. That it comes before the Tourist Development Council, uh, and that it, whatever it comes back to this body that is the decision-making body as a recommendation only. Excellent. That's Thank the extent of it. Thank you. And so now uh, there has been a member of the public that has also pulled this, and it is uh, Russell Rand. Uh, Mr. Rand, are you still here? Oh, there you are. Uh, hey, Russell, thanks for hanging out with us. 
Your art. I'm unemployable. I picked this. Um, We're going to hang out. <laughs> Culture. Culture. Uh, yeah, this piqued my interest because uh, having been a long-standing member of the arts, cultural, musician, science, etc. community, I know about the TDC monies and whatnot. And uh, it's like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, but always the sum of the parts here is greater than the whole to begin with, and everybody wants a piece of that tourist pie. And whether it's sand on the beach that keeps washing away or uh, cultural items uh, or the Panthers or whatever, you know, if you had given that $86 million to the Broward Art Guild, I think we would have brought home that Stanley Cup, the artists. But, um, and I'm just curious what extraordinary circumstances are. Since all the money's encumbered, there's no extraordinary money extra. And then what the extraordinary circumstances are. So this is kind of a, I'm confused a little bit, and even more so by the elephants leaving the room here, that I didn't quite hear everything you said and all. But I hope, I hope it's for a worthy purpose or whatever. And I know there's talk to increase the tourist taxes, which is always to tax that person be behind the tree, you know, and uh, whether to grow the pie. And uh, so there's a lot of, it, you know, what's this about? And I won't be in town next week, so I just wanted to say. Uh, thank you, thank you, Mr. Rand. Um, uh, Commissioner Shar uh, Vice Mayor Sharif pulled this item, so I'll let her kind of uh, kick it off. Okay, thanks, Mayor. So the the reason why I pulled the item is because in the language of the item, where it says to provide for input from the TDC, it also says in the um, proposed draft. Um, it's section 12.4 C what made me uncomfortable with it was it says here in, under, in the underline including reviewing and providing input into requests for extraordinary non-budgeted expenditures in advance of the consideration of any such request by the Board of County Commissions commissioners and then it says to ensure that they meet the tourist development plan and shall receive at least quarterly expenditure reports from the Board of County Commissioners or a designee I don't, I don't like that particular part in there, and I think that um, when you say that it wants to provide for, I want, a, I want a clear definition of what that means. And in addition to that, I'm not adding that. That's there. I'm not adding that. Well, it says here, underlined, including the underscored are additions. But when you add that to the other, including reviewing and providing input into requests, right? to ensure that they meet the tourist development plan and shall receive at least quarterly expenditures, I think that that changes it. So if the request is out of the box and it's out of the ordinary and it doesn't fit their opinion of what it should be, and I want to know, does it block us from making a decision to move forward with that? And, I'm, and that's the question that I'm going to ask the attorney. I think uh, Ms. Coffey. The administrative code is a statement of your policy. On any given occasion, you could waive it, but it would necessitate a waiver. The idea of the policy is to have prior input by the TDC. Before but the we're already considers. doing that, so why do we need to write it in there? We did it last time. Um, we started doing it. Um, I just don't feel like this is um, language that I want to support 
to give up um, our authority on the, uh, over making decisions about the TDC um, funding. Um, in addition to that, uh, Section 3, um, I'm not, uh, I think if we're going to do this, I guess Section 3 where it says that you can change the code and it can be renumbered and relettered and the word resolution can be changed to section, article, etc. I just don't want it to be any more stringent than what it is. Um, if, if, if we are going to treat them just like any other board, which is we listen to their opinion, we value it. If we agree with it or if we, if we want to go back and forth with them, we can. But I don't want them to be able to block this board from making any decisions to move forward. And so um, my question is about clarification and making sure that whatever we pass says and means exactly what it's supposed to mean. And I don't want any kind of um, uh, additional restrictions on the Board of County Commission, and that's that's where I'm at with this. So, um, Attorney Coffey, what I'm asking you is that by adding the underlined portion to uh, 12.4 Section C, would that in any way restrict this Board's ability to go against the TDC if we felt it necessary? No, it's purely advisory. Okay, and so they'll stay in a purely advisory capacity. Well, I, I don't, I, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that's been presented up here that's not an of course, Commissioner Wexler. So I just want to make sure that if we go forward with it, that, that that's not the case, because we have already expressed ourselves in the last item that was brought forward, and I want to make sure that we're not doing that. <coughs> okay. Oh, thank you. All right. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Commissioner Holmes. Yes. Uh, and my concern is similar uh, in that... Uh, I serve a district that could certainly use some investments to bring tourism into the area. And we're working towards that, especially with uh, the destination Sistrunk plan that we have to utilize the rich history and culture of the area to bring tourists in. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I don't know that uh, those on the Tourist Development Council really understand the need to, needs that exist within that community. Uh, so there's, there's big concerns for me with that, to be honest with you. It's, it's really hard uh, for me because I've seen over time where neglect has occurred, where the area is overlooked. And, and, and uh, in terms of bringing something forward uh, that could benefit uh, the community, those that don't understand the community seems not to get it, uh, and and uh, understanding it's an advisory role uh, is probably the only reason why I would. But sometimes some boards believe that they ought to dictate what happens, uh, and I hope we don't get to that point. My other question on this is. If we have a situation where there's a short window to uh, capitalize on an opportunity, and, and, and what's in, happening right now is we have the potential to have international cricket here uh, in July 28th through August. They've already sold, uh, to my understanding, about 10,000 tickets, with more than 60% of those tickets coming from 
over uh, outside of uh, the state of Florida. That means we're going to put a lot of people in hotel rooms here, uh, which will benefit the tax that we collect from uh, our tourists uh, in, in Brock County, which goes into these funds. But it's a conversation now that beyond those six games that will be held here July 28th through August 1st, that we could get the final games later in August. That hasn't been determined yet. They're, they're trying to decide if they're going to do that. If these folks can't meet, what do we do? We're going to wait for them or, or what have you. And, and there have been times when they have had meetings where they, ha they don't have a quorum. So what, 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 what happens then? If I might. If I might. Yes, um, Ms. Henry. I think the circumstance that you just referenced falls within the day-to-day -day activity of supporting um, events that come to the community, and I wouldn't see that as an extraordinary item unless I'm, I'm misunderstanding what they're looking for. So when we start to talk about extraordinary, it would be those uh, items like the contributions that we have made to help major cultural institutions like uh, the Museum of Science, PACA, um, um, any decisions related to like the um, arena. But the day-to-day -day activity whereby um, the CVB incentivize um, activity to come to the community, I don't consider that an extraordinary ask. So, well, well, let me say this. The ask that they have come up with is a large ask. I told them we're not going to be able to get them the kind of money they're looking for because they believe that uh, demonstrated from the 2012 games that were here where we had a $4.8 million impact uh, because of those events. Uh, we, they believe that they, they need the support of a million dollars. You know, I kind of tell them... <laughs> That's not going to happen. So, 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 I, so that you know. But I didn't understand. Where does the compromise come down to? What is it that the amount's going to end up at that benefits us and and makes sense for us? It, it, that's something that's going to be nuanced for us to work through. Uh, will we? How are we going to back, go back and forth to 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 the TDC to to while we're negotiating and trying to make something happen that's going to benefit the economy of Broward County? Uh, this this time around, I, I believe, with the games already slated and the number of tickets that sold, we'll probably have tripled the economic impact as to what we had in 2012 when we had 20-something thousand tickets sold. We're looking probably selling 40 to 50,000 tickets to these games, and it's a longer period of time. So I'm thinking we'll probably have 12, 14 uh, million uh, dollar economic impact in Broward County as a result of this. So that's. That's, that's the nuance of it uh, as to where we go. It's my concern there. Uh, and, and, and let me ask about the grant money that we give to entities uh, to develop, like uh, we've got that 500, was it 500, a million dollar a year. Does that play into this too or no? Ms. Henry, did you want to? Uh... Again, and I'll, I, will, I will defer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, again, um, when the million dollar for the cultural institutions has now been embedded as part of the budget process. They still will go through the 
the vetting process, I mean, the vetting of the asks for those dollars, but um, un un unless we're talking about increasing it from a million dollars, I would consider that's, and I'm not sure that that's what's being asked, is that we're looking at uh, that being now part of the programs that we've had in place for the last three or four years. Com uh, Commissioner Ryan. Uh, you know, the sponsor um, has stated, <laughs> Commissioner Wexler has stated that it's not her intention that the TDC would be able to hold up any extraordinary expenditures, simply that they would have input. But um, I do share the concerns that have been expressed by Commissioner Sharif and uh, also by Commissioner Holness, because, it, you know, it does say, it, the way I could read it is that the Tourist Development Council um, shall review and provide input in advance of consideration of an extraordinary expenditure by the County Commission. So if you can just, between now and when you publish, if you could just have something in here to the effect that um, the TDC must provide its review and input, say, within, within 60 days after the, uh, within, you know, 60 days after the um, County Administrator submits an extraordinary expenditure to the TDC for consideration, something that, that gives them a time frame that they have to provide their input. And, and I think that means that, that it can't be held up. A motion to extend uh, the meeting to the end of this item. Um, do we have? To, do I need a motion to extend it? Sure. Sure. If there's so a motion, motion to extend to the end of the item. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show the motion has been, been extended. That meeting has been extended. So uh, if, if, and it doesn't have to be 60 days. I mean, some time frame so that it, it's just, it clarifies that an extraordinary expenditure, you know, is, is not in violation of the code. I just, I feel like you ought to have something there. I know it's not your intention, but it, yes. it's the way several of us, I believe, are reading this language. Well, I guess if it's, uh, Commissioner Wester, the good thing is this is a motion to set it for, for hearing. So, um, you know, we're going to move it forward today. And during that time, until we have it, I know, Commissioner Wester, would you uh, sit down with the county attorney's office just to clarify your intent so it's stated specifically within there? Oh, okay. Oh, I, oh okay. Of course, of course, Commissioner Wexler. I, I, I didn't write this language. Um, Jim Rowley wrote it. He's the attorney for the TDC. Okay. He's heard the conversation. He heard the motion that was to direct that this be brought forward. Um, by unanimously by the members of the TDC, and mm -hmm. this is what we okay. believed they said. So, if let, let, let me let me be clear, though, what I hear Commissioner Holness and Vice Mayor Sharif saying is, they recognize that it's advisory. However, if they still want to bring forward an item to give a million dollars to X Y Z organization. Don't go before the TDC. Just bring it right before the Board of County Commissioners and go forward with it. That's what this item is saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let them at least have the... This is bed tax. This is not... Excuse me. They're looking at it as it's... Is it a slush fund? Because it's not a slush fund. It is every penny of it. Every penny of it is is identified and spent and, and, and they would like to at least make a recommendation to this body. 
Could they do an emergency meeting? Absolutely, Commissioner Holness. Within a, a week or 10 days, they could have a quorum together and do a meeting. We, we've already had an extra meeting this year, and I got two more to go. And depending on the hotel, there may be another emergency meeting put in place. When we had the Panther item before us, we did an emergency meeting. So there are many opportunities. It's a minimum of four meetings a year, but there's nothing prohibiting them from doing in a meeting to consider an, an, an extraordinary ask beyond the budget process or the the, re the ordinary day-to-day -day operation that Ms. Henry made reference to. It is about commissioners just bringing forward an agenda item for dollars and, 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 and moving on it. And that's the part, yes, that, that's what made, you haven't seen that? Um, ATA is one of those items that we had that we had a $500,000 ask come forward and they have still yet to bring any information forward that was requested that was requested by our auditor and by our attorney so we're still waiting for that to be provided and that's months and months and months and months ago so that's just one example of an extraordinary ask Another one was the scoreboard for the Panthers. That came right to the Board of County Commissioners. They lobbied the Board of County Commissioners. That was $9 million. Another one was MODS, the Museum of Discovery and Science, for a $1 million. I, you want me to go on? It's all, I could go. So we know that. That's the only thing they wanted to do. And there is, it is a very unique board. It is not like other boards that we have in this commission that have dollars associated with it, that there are recommendations that actually come out for the Convention and Visitors Bureau um, budget for spending um, on advertising and promoting the venue. So it's very, very unique in its role and responsibility, and they just wanted to be able to be acknowledged for having input to this Board of County Commissioners. That's what the item is asking for. And, and that makes sense. I think, um, Commissioner Wexler, I was listening to what Commissioner Ryan was saying. I think that, uh, that you know, from my, what I listened to what he had to say, I think he definitely agrees with you, and so do I. I think his only concern was just on that subparagraph uh, C, he was just concerned that it would, you know, there are four meetings a year. It could be, uh, he wants there to basically put in a, a, a time, a specific time for them to be able to review it. Right. It, would, Jim, is that okay? Would you be willing to, to look at that? That would be well, great. Basically, just so it's something that can't be held up for a long is, time. But is an indication of how long you would like the TDC to have. That's I it. That's 30, 30 yeah, days. that's it. Right, and then it kind of then it, if, it won't hold. If they have up. the ability to hold a special meeting, I think 30 days, because if it's an extraordinary expenditure, they're going to get a quorum and they're going to provide their input. But it, yeah. it, it, it seems to be that this right. this review and input is a prerequisite to us as county commissioners considering an extraordinary expenditure. So we just don't want it held up. Right, and, and that to me may, sounds reasonable. Fair. Oh, thank you, and uh, Vice Mayor Sharif. First of all, Commissioner Wexler, I take pause with the fact that you used my item as a slush fund, saying that it was a slush fund. Let me tell you why I was put in the position to have to ask for that item from this dais. is because the tourist development 
chair, uh, assistant to you, Nikki Grossman, called me to put that item on, along with Al Tucker, and they were the ones that were pushing me to put that item on this uh, on this board. And the original source for that item was supposed to be Nikki's CVB budget. That's what they put that forth as. When she came to my office with that, when Al came to my office, I made a phone call in front of Al and asked Nikki if she was willing to support that, and Nikki said she was. By the time the item made it over to Bertha Henry's office, oh, it was a different story. So don't put me in a bad position to have to ask for something. The item is already going forward. It's already being presented. And then turn around and say, okay, well, I want to change the funding source. So then the funding source becomes the TDT. Okay? And, and as, a, as a commissioner, I have a right to ask for that. And they shouldn't have brought a half-baked item, first of all, to me to put on the agenda. I deferred putting that item on the agenda for all of six to eight months, and they kept pushing me to put it on. And then once I put it on, then everybody ran out the back door screaming, oh, I didn't have anything to do with that, or oh, I'm changing it. So I don't think that that's really, the, and I hate putting people out there. I'm not one to throw people under the bus, but if you want to throw me under the bus, well, I'm going to put it right well, out we, there back where it belongs. Because that was Nikki Grossman, Al Tucker's problem, and they laid it in my lap. My and because I was the I, I was the district commissioner for right. that item, right. I had to carry that item. Right. And so let's use proper examples. And you, I don't do slush up here. You were used, in my opinion, and I want to. I was. This I, I and and I I was abused, in my opinion. Okay. And and I think it was inappropriate for them to be pushing for an item that they knew was not half, was half-baked and was not properly put together. Okay. And so I, I, I'm going to finish. You told me to wait. I'm finishing. I got the okay. floor. Okay. So what I'm saying is I don't want my item, I don't want my name to be used in no slush fund because I don't do slush up here. I ask for something if this board agrees to it and they vote it. Now, out of deference to you and this particular ask Commissioner Wexler, I deferred that item and went back to the TDC. In addition to that, I made Al Tucker and, and Nikki Grossman accountable for bringing back what they should have brought back in the first place and what I was asking for in the first place. So I would like to just put that on the record since that is out there. I want to make sure that it is clear what my position is. Thank you. Um, you know, with that said, Commissioner Rexer, would you make a motion to move the item? Thank you. There's been a motion. Is there a second? I second it. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? No. Show the item passes uh, seven to one. Eight, six to one. Six to one. Uh, with that said, we're going to break now and go to our workshop, and then we'll come back and reconvene the morning meeting. Thanks.